Welcome to the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast, a standalone 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Each episode is its own mini-adventure, so you can listen to them in any order you choose. You can even listen to this one backwards if you like, but take it from me, it's a waste of time. I'm your Dungeon Master this week, and joining us for this wild ride is Olive. Hey everybody, Olive is a bipedal crocodile. She's a level 9 Way of the Open Hand monk studying by correspondence. Next up we have Cade Ghostbane. I'm sorry, I'm doing the like the, the wrestling thing, but I'm just going to go with it. Cade is a uh, tall, slender, dark, um, sorry, tall, slender, pale-skinned half-elf because um, he's half-shader guy and he's uh, looking to get going and adventuring. He's a level nine um, with two levels in Paladin and the rest in Warlock. And last but certainly not least, we have Oren. Oren is a ninth level shadow sorcerer. He's 17 years old. He has tan skin, green eyes, and iridescent snakes for hair. He is a Medusa. He's icy cold to the touch. And he also happens to be a Butler School dropout. Aren't we all? <laughs> In one way or another. <laughs> so, this adventure begins when, you know, in the fire-breathing kittens guild hall, it's, I don't know, it's getting to summer. I think everything's quite bright and sunny. It's uh, not quite too hot, but it's really getting there. Um, it's not quite up to absolutely needing an ice cream, but, you know, you'd kind of fancy one if one turned up. However, what's turning up now is is all the quests that uh, get dropped off every day. Usually they come in a nice big sack. They get dropped off at the door and you have to like uh, file through them to find out what's, you know, what's worth looking into. So that's what you're currently doing. You're sorting through the quests. You're um, digging your hands out in down into the bag. You're throwing them around and going, uh, what's this one? Wrapped in the basement. We've done that one. What's this one? There's a cat in a tree? No thanks. What's this? Toilet block? You're, all of this stuff looks really menial and even below your standards. However, I think we'll say, Oren, you pick out a sleek black leather box uh, with uh, fancy, fancy golden clasps. Um, it's got a series of numbers printed on the top and... Yeah, we'll just leave it at that for the time being. So it's a nice fancy black leather box with numbers printed on top. Certainly a lot different to the rest of the rubbish you've been getting today. I open it. Okay, you unclasp the golden things and you open it. There's not even any sort of squeak. It's that slick. Inside, you find a tightly furled scroll um, with a black wax seal and also... A small leather pouch. I open... Is the scroll... Do I n know the seal on the scroll? Uh, you do not. The seal um, appears to be some sort of... Well, you'd probably say it was a bat. Cool, cool. Um, I open the letter and dump the contents in the bag on a table. Um, the coins that were in the bag clatter everywhere. <laughs> I just go rolling off the table. Um, everyone else who is in the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild, though, Nusi at the bar, 
Um, whoever else is hanging around, just look over at you like, you're throwing money around. No, you're throwing money around. And he reads the scroll. <laughs> uh, you unfill- by, the, by the way, um, the amount of gold that you just dumped over the table was about 500 gold pieces. Cool, cool. <laughs> so uh, if you don't gather that up, people are going to be start taking it from you. Anyway, you unfurl the scroll, um, you, and it says, "In you have to read it in a dramatic voice." Uh, which it says, "The measures put in place proved ineffective. The count's wrath is immense. Return to us immediately to remedy the situation. Your usual advance is enclosed." Hmm. Where are Olive and Cade? You'd have to ask them. Where are you guys? <laughs> Cade is currently standing at the bar, getting a refill in his flask. Olive is spread out, looking exactly like a log, but dangerous, in the sun, outside the guild, laying on the cobblestones because they have absorbed the heat, and she is finally warm for the first time in months. <laughs> oh, um, okay, so Oren's gonna gather up the coins, put them back in the box with the letter, and go over to Cade and just kind of be like, yo. 500 gold coins. Count. Evil. Let's go. Sounds good to me. And Cade closes up his flask, slides it in his pocket, and says, let's go. Sweet. And then he's going to, she's going to, blah, blah, blah. I'm not playing Satara. I'm her son. <laughs> or, uh, or, jeez, Orin. It's going to be trouble today, y'all. Um, Orin walks over to where Olive is sitting and just kind of taps her with his foot and is like, 500 gold pieces. Crazy count. You in? She leaps up to her feet, way more agile than a crocodile should be able to, and is like, I'm in. Great, let's go. And then he hands you guys the letter because he has no idea where to go. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about this letter. It doesn't actually contain any directions, uh, any other information. However, um, if you just wrote one of you, uh, Olive, if you've got uh, everything now, just roll me a quick investigation check. Or perception, your choice. Okay, good. <laughs> An 18 perception? Okay. Um, as Oren hands you the letter and the box, you finally get to have a look at this. And, um, you know, the scroll itself is also black. It's been written in like a silvery writing. Um, so whoever these people, you know, are, they really like the color black. Um, but as you turn the box over, you do see a uh, what seems to be a return label um, which says uh, Central Hub Adventurers Depot Nicomoy. I show this writing to my friends because it does not have immediate meaning to me. Kate uh, takes a glance at it and just raises an eyebrow like, I'm not too sure either. Orin's a teenager. He has no idea. He's just sitting there staring at you guys expectantly. Okay, I think... I um, take it to Nulisag. Okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough, okay. Yeah, yeah, I take yeah, it to Nulisag. I, I go inside and I find on the second floor in his office are newly returned to work after having recovered from an injury, boss. Yeah, um, Nulisag is a dwarf, I remember correctly, with a, a, a somewhat high-pitched voice. <laughs> yes, he is. Um, so uh, he takes a look at it and goes, Oh, yeah, those guys. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, well, some of the other, you know, uh, some of the other guilds um, some time ago decided to, um, what's, what's the word, unionize, right? And, you know, they all work together to, you know, give each other, you know, um, you know, quests which uh, suit them a bit better. But, you know, I didn't want to go into that because I don't want to, you know, you know, trouble with the unions and all that. So uh, we we just kind of, you know, we're, we're freelancers, all right? So it's a, it's a free market, isn't it? I'm not sure he'd say in it. That's a very London thing to say, but we're going to go with it for the time being. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, it's over towards the center of town, um, and yeah, uh, or if you if you get the opportunity, um, feel free to uh, burn the place down. Or no, um, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I've been holding a bit uh, grudges a bit more recently. Um, yeah, just go like knock something over if you can. Burn it to the ground. Got it. <laughs> Oren's hands light up with like lightning. <laughs> like yes. I'm gonna change all my notes right now. <laughs> Uh, go for a different adventure. <laughs> uh, more arson it is. Okay. Shall we go? Absolutely. I've got 10 torches ready. I'm always down to burn something. <laughs> I mean, this won't be the first place I've burned down. <laughs> God, all of- yeah, it's all quite it's all quite <laughs> worrying. I think we we as a group do have a bit of an issue with arson, don't we? I wonder why we weren't invited to join the <laughs> union with everybody else. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe the arson maybe it's the murder oh you know who knows could, We're good could be any of them could be all of them can we label a dark guild before long oh no uh, are we the baddies <laughs> the real twist all along <laughs> anyway following Nulasag's directions you head over towards the central hub uh, which is a large circular building in the middle of town. So uh, with um, a number of pillars and ornate carvings, there's a um, a copper, which has turned turned green now, dome over the top um, with large windows um, covering its exterior. Um, heading inside, um, the first thing you see is a large onyx platform directly in the center of the room. It's uh, very circular, and there seems to be some sort of magical tablet um, stood right next to it. Um, Elsewhere in the room, there are stands lining the inside of the wall. So remember, this is a a circular building, so um, it sweeps around. Um, Each stand seems to have a different uh, flag or like emblem uh, with someone working at it... um, you know, doing paperwork and um, filing tax returns and, you know, all, all that sort of, you know, good stuff that we here at the Fire Breathing Kittens Guild do not do. I'm not sure anyone's ever paid any sort of tax. <laughs> Silence. Yep. Let us have our tax haven in peace. <laughs> I, uh, I look over to my friends and I say, what are they doing? They're paying the man. <laughs> what man? Exactly. We don't answer to no man. <laughs> and then Cade looks behind him at uh, seemingly no one. He says, do you guys know what they're talking about? What's going on? Whatever. This place looks boring. Um, Y'all ready to burn it down? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, is there an unattended flag? Um, there is no unattended flag, but there is a desk um, 
towards the platform that just simply says queries or questions, mm-hmm. depending on. <laughs> okay. All right. Sorry, Cade. They're watching us too closely here. You just see a slight frown. Is there a bat symbol on one of them? Uh, there is not, no. Well, Orin, like, so he's wearing, like, a toga in, like, a butler's jacket. Um, he's very, it's not a phase, Mom. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so he, like, flips his jacket back, kind of buttons it, walks up to the question thing, and, like, leans down and says, Good day. I am a butler and i would like to know where i need to go for this it's a job for my master um and you hand over the the box and scroll and everything yeah yeah okay um the attendant who will remain um undescribed because it's not that important um they take the box have a look at the the numbers on top and just say ah yes yes right this way we'll sort this out immediately um and walks you over towards the large onyx um, platform in the center of the room. Just says, just uh, step on this and we'll have you there in a jiffy. Orin waves his companions over. He's like, look, I found it. I guess for not burning anything down, let's at least go check it out. Kate and Olive trudge toward the platform sullenly. Okay, there will be plenty of opportunities to burn stuff down later. Good, you promised. It's okay, we we have arson at home. Foreshadowing. <laughs> you walk, uh, walk over towards the platform in the center of the... It's a large, as I said, large onyx um, circular platform. Um, um, the two of you, are Cade and Orin, you two are both, you know, magical beings, so you sense a thrum of magic. I want to say purple. Um, coursing throughout um, the Onyx platform, which uh, tends to um, go for teleportation magic. Purple's a very, very teleporty color, isn't it? So, my in my yes. in my um, Orin looks at his companions and he says, uh, "You guys might not want to stand next to me. The snakes get teleportation sick pretty easily." <laughs> He's, like, kind of embarrassed, like, kind of petting his hair. I'm picturing tiny hair snakes vomiting. That's so cute. Gross. Olive steps back. Cade looks behind him and says, do you you guys get teleportation sickness? No? Okay, we're good. I do have to ask, who are you talking to? What? Oh, the uh, the little one's here. He just points at seemingly nobody. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I am magically inept. Totally no skills. Um, what's uh, what would a, a more normal, magically talented person be seeing here? Um, why don't you ask Orin? What do they look like, Orin? You give her a good description. Orin kind of looks between the two of you and is just like tiny little men, and then turns around and steps on the platform. <laughs> tiny little men. That's an odd description. But okay. Hello. You just don't hear anything. <laughs> While this conversation is happening, the attendant is um, holding the box with one hand. Um, they hand the scroll back to Oren, um, looking at the the numbers printed on top, and with the other hand is tapping away at the uh, the magical tablet. 
just uh, stood directly next to the the platform, just go beep 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 beep. beep, beep. Uh, they're making the noise because you got to have some fun in work, right? Oren's definitely like standing up to his full seven foot height, holding his hand out for the box. Like mm, that's gold, give it. Once they finish uh, typing, they go, "Oh yes, yes, of course. We're not allowed to keep these anyway. It's a uh, company property and all that." So, everyone ready to go? Yeah, we're all ready. Uh, they ho- they hold a finger above what would in this world be a button, but. Excellent. The finger goes down. Uh, magic swirls around all of you, and you get whisked into the netherworld or ether or whatever universe we use for fast travel. Um, the place you land, however, is very much different from Nicomoy. So you left a, a coastal, uh, balmy, tropical atmosphere. It was sunny, it was dry. This place is the exact opposite. Uh, you land with a squelch in mud. And uh, Oren, I'm going to need a constitution saving throw from you um, for your teleportation sickness. Oh, this is going to be a long day for Oren. Um, that is a one plus. <laughs> oh, wait, it's a five. So not a complete fail. Well, if you rolled a one, then things are going to get hairy. I, I did roll okay. a one. I rolled a one plus four. Oh, so not only are all your snakes projectile vomiting at the same time, you also fall over, slip over in the mud, and you end up covered in mud and vomit, and your jacket is ruined. Great. Uh, I have prestidigitation. I can make myself look pretty again. That's okay, but the the emotional uh, embarrassment of falling over. You're just lucky that none of your uh, butler friends saw that. Falling over is the height of disrespect. Well, seeing the look on Oren's face, Olive flops over and also lays horizontal in the mud. So she was wearing a white Jedi-style robe and baggy brown pants, and... The mud splashes up around on both sides of her as she splooshes in with Yeah, but you. you like the mud. It's different. I do. I do like the mud. Kay just looks down and starts shaking his boots off. Gross. I roll over a few times, like barrel rolling. It's a natural movement for me. And I, like, have you ever been in a sleepover when you're, like, both, you've got your heads close to one another and you're kicking your legs up behind you? Like, yay. Slumber party. I have yay mud party pose. And I'm like, <laughs> yay. <laughs> or it is like he's he's just sitting there and he's like, Oh god, this is oh god, oh god. <laughs> you okay? He's, um I eh, deprogramming butler school, don't fall over. And he uh, stands up. No, butlers are too uptight. I take some mud and I, like, squish it between my fingers. And I'm like, see, this is squishy and fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he kind of relaxes a little bit. He's like, I I guess. And he takes his jacket off and just leaves it in the mud because he's like, well, eh. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm glad you feel better. And the mud might be nice, but what about the vomit? Oh, like I'd care? <laughs> that has been prestidigitated away. <laughs> Anyway, after this brief episode, um, you 
Oren, you finally managed to uh, sh- uh, stand up. Your legs are shaking a little bit. Um, but you all find yourself, after you are rudely interrupted by a giant flash of lightning, you see yourself in a dark village street. Um, the mud uh, is actually the road. Um, wooden buildings line the place. Everything looks very dark and dismal. Um, you see windows boarded up and the only uh thing you can see uh that's lit up by the mount uh lit up by the lightning is a distant mountainside castle um yeah looks very uh intimidating with turrets and uh ramparts and uh lights in the tower do we notice any people or any um do we notice any living beings in, in the area Maybe they inhabit the buildings. Um, there's no one in. There's no one in the street with you at the moment. However, you do. Um, if you, um, as the the thunder fades away, you do hear what seems to be um, some noise coming from uh, a door um, a little further on down the street. It seems to be music. So my background is entertainer. Do I know what type of music this is? It's folk music. So you 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 uh, you can pick apart some like fiddles and uh, drums. Um, it's fairly fairly basic, not quite your style. It's not quite city music, um, but you you can you know you can. I, I think this might be Oren's maybe guilty pleasure. Um. Hey uh, guys, let's go check out the music. He gets like really excited. Sure, why not? Yeah. Okay, you wander over carefully. I should mention, you carefully wander through the mud, uh, <laughs> um, slipping and sliding your way through the uh, the city street towards this uh, this door. And as you um, get closer to it, another flash of lightning um, bursts in the sky, which illuminates a, a small um, dilapidated sign just above the door, which says, The Final Embrace. It seems to be some sort of tavern. This isn't ominous at all. Hmm. I mean, uh, Orin, if you want to hear this music, I'll go inside. <laughs> and I open the door for my hesitating friend, Cade. I'm like, why not? Let's just give it a chance. If nothing else, we can burn it down. Yeah, we got to burn something down this episode. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> in In this weather? Good luck. Oh no. (laughs) And then, hoping that it'll cheer my friend up, I step inside first before Cade (laughs) taking any dart traps for him. (laughs) You open open the door just as another flash of lightning um, hits the sky. So, as you open the door, everyone just turns to look at you. You are met with a sea of pale, panicky faces. As you stand there, everyone is silent. Even the music has stopped. Oh, they're all pale? I fit right in then. Oh. Oren's disappointed. He's trying to figure out who was playing the music. It's probably the people with the instruments. He looks over and he says, I, uh, I like the music. Care to continue? Okay, uh, give me a quick, just a straight charisma check. That was a D12 and not a D20. Let's roll a D20. <laughs> oh, look at that. Nat 20. 
Hey. Um, as you say that, the tension seems to just drop uh, in the room. The music starts playing up again. People go back to their conversations. And um, you can finally have a quick look around as to where you actually are. It seems to be um, not quite a pr- like a full tavern as you'd expect it. So there, are, there isn't like a bar area with, you know, seating, maybe a table um, where people play cards. It's more of a, a long hall. So there are um, long tables um, going from the top end to the bottom end. There are casks of um, alcohol stacked up in the corner. Um, there are people singing songs. There are... Um, um, there's a top table right at the uh, the far end with a couple of people sat up um, and one of those people um, as you uh, basically say hi and everyone goes back to their drinks um, stands up and walks over to you um, this person I've got my notes in a little bit of a weird order um, this person is wearing uh, furs for, for the weather um, they've got a big brown bushy beard and thick tufty hair um, it's a bit of a pale face, but maybe that was from uh, everyone <laughs> thinking they're about to be murdered all of a sudden. Or maybe it's just for the fact that they don't get a lot of sun where they are. However, uh, this person walks up to you and goes, Ah, are you the ones who are meant to... Um, sorry, the alcohol. Um, ah, you must be the ones who are, um, we are sent for, correct? Possibly. Is this the note you sent? Ah, yes, that's the one. That's the one. Excellent, excellent. You came immediately. That was excellent. Good. Very good timing. Come with me and um, come and get some um, some mead, some uh, food, and I will introduce you to absolutely everybody. You've had me at mead. <laughs> Is there an open spot in, like, on the floor, like an open area where there's nobody at? Uh, yes, I, I imagine so. I did. Um have to be some sort of area for like the band to be sitting uh, they might be off, off in a corner somewhere with a, there's a nice uh, a carpeted area um where the band of um you know set up shop over towards a, a large fireplace um because Oren, since these people are not scared of you know his snake hair and him being a medusa he very much so is reaching into his pack and grabbing some black ballet shoes and like wanting to go dance <laughs> Because it is not often he gets to perform anymore. Okay. Ooh, uh, you, Ooh that's going to be so cool to watch. Uh, you wander over towards uh, the band's area. Um, as you pull out your shoes, everyone seem like everyone in that area seems to kind of get what you're going to go for, and they clear a they clear a small area, um, and you get to uh, finally um, show your stuff, and your stuff will be determined by performance check. Eighteen. Okay, um, you're a little thrown off just from the, the, the fact that you did fall over three and a half minutes ago. But um, as, you re- as you start to get into it and people start cheering and clapping, you're like, finally, validation. And would you, how about, how about yes. you describe what the dance looks like? Because I know very few terms. Um, okay, <laughs> funny story. I do dance concerts and I still don't know terms. Um <laughs> Uh, but Oren, when he dances, he does a lot of like freeform stuff and he was dancing since he was little. 
Um, so he's definitely like very like pointed toes. Everything looks very pretty. Um, and he very much so is doing like this very elaborate ballet type dance with like spins and um, like big kicks to this fiddle music, <laughs> to this uh, bluegrass music. So it's probably a little like disconcerting at the like the first part of it but then they are like no this is kind of cool yeah olive elbows Cade. we both have mead and we're like wow the toga really swirls when orin spins yeah it's a little i thought it was awkward at first but it looks really elegant um as orin is dancing um one of the um other band members quickly puts down their flute because it doesn't really seem to be fitting the tone um, and then goes and grabs a, a very, um, basically a hunting horn, um, and go. So, um, so you can really get a bit of bass in there. So you, eventually, you will get a bit of a <laughs> noise uh, in, in with the bluegrass, which I, you know, could work. I don't see why not. Fire breathing kittens, the album, bluegrass <laughs> with bass, coming soon. <laughs> You never know. Anyway, um, Olive and Cade, what are you two up to? I know you've got you've got some mead. Um, we're just chit chatting about previous adventures. Cade's like absent mindedly patting the uh, skull hanging from his belt, and <laughs> just chit chatting, observing the locals, trying to figure out where we are and why these people all uh, kind of look like me a little bit. Yeah, they look a lot more like you than they do me. Olive is pouring mead so she opens her mouth she's got 82 or something like that teeth and she's pouring the mead onto the giant <laughs> crocodile mouth but they make good mead i like it here yeah, yeah not so bad yeah not so bad wonder what they're gonna tell us uh well how much we're gonna get paid for this job well you already got an advance of 500 gold pieces however and it seems like the mead is on the house i'll take another <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here's a lesson, kids. Always take free drinks, but drink responsibly. Yeah, Best job ever so far. We've already been paid and the booze is free. Yeah, so you spend um, maybe the next hour um, just uh, chatting amongst yourselves. Um, Orin, you uh, spend quite a lot of time dancing. Um, you manage to get uh, a couple of the locals um, to you know, get up and join you. Uh, if you should so wish, so you can uh, start teaching them some moves, because they are all very impressed. I think he's he's definitely trying to, but he is definitely a teenager and not very good at teaching others. Yeah, you're, you're like, um, it's like, what do you mean you can't do this highly advanced technique? You just do this. Um, and are we still sitting at? Are we at the bar, Olive and I? Um, there isn't really a bar area. It's basically table. just um, if you want, if you like, sit down at one of the tables. People just bring you booze. It's it's a really good situation. You don't even have to go order it. Okay, it's well, as the if just mead, 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 mead. So the next time they bring us mead, um, I want to ask the uh, server. So um, what's with the uh, boarded up windows and the creepy castle in the distance? Um. Yeah, they're they're like, oh, well, I hardly, hardly need to tell you, you're great adventurers, you know, f I'm sure far more about it than I do. Um, but hey, hey, um, he's 
seems to be about uh, to about to speak now. Uh, they uh, gesture up towards the top table where the um, the person you met earlier has uh, stood up and is waving um, his um, tankard around um, because they don't have teeny tiny little spoons with. They're like, shut up, <laughs> and, <laughs> and everything um, goes a bit uh, quieter after that. Um, and he uh, stands up um, at the center of the top table and addresses the whole whole hall. He says, and if I can get the accent back, then it will be a miracle. All right, Dev. No. <laughs> this is what happens. And I'm like, hey, you can, <laughs> like, hey, you can do a Swedish accent, can't you? No. <laughs> I can do it very... <laughs> I have such weird... Um, trigger words for for accents. So in for like uh, Scandinavian, it's like just going Skyrim belongs to the Nords, and that's how we get there. <laughs> it's so weird, you know. <laughs> hmm. But anyway, he um, he addresses the whole hall and says, "We are all here for the same reason. The Count has been sucking this town dry for far too long. One year ago." A brave group of adventurers came into town and sealed him inside the castle. Now the time has come again. He has broken out and is far more dangerous than ever. He takes our villagers. He takes our, our livestock. He does vile, vile things to them. And now he has taken my brother, Albrecht. Will you stand for this? And the entire hall goes, You can't really tell if it's a no or a yes, but you get the idea that they're annoyed. Um, So he continues, But now we have a chance to fight back. We have help, finally. Great heroes of the age have come to assist us in our fight. We stand here amongst adventuring royalty. And he uh, gestures towards you three in turn. The great members of the Sanguinista Guild have finally answered our summons and they have come back to finish the count once and for all. Now, my brothers, my sisters, eat well and drink and be merry tonight. Tomorrow we die, but tonight we live. (laughs) Hey, you guys. (laughs) Hey, hey, you guys, come here. Group huddle, group huddle. Yeah, or in like, bounces over and as he's bouncing over you can see him like poking the fire breathing kitten on his thigh to get it to move because um, he has the same like magical tattoo that Satara has had um, <laughs> and he's like trying to get the kitten to move up his back so it's hidden <laughs> Olive puts on a piece of fabric around her left palm like a glove like a fingerless glove she ties it like that Cade where's your tattoo it's on his chest so it's a uh, good and hidden yeah, button up that collar. Uh, uh, so they, they think we're the Sanguinista Guild, and they have someone called the Count who has been sucking this town dry for too long. Uh, uh, what do you guys, do you guys, they think they're going to die tomorrow? So do we A, peace out and go tell the Sanguinista Guild, or B, go fight a vampire? What do you think? Do we get to burn things if we fight the vampire? Absolutely. I hear they're very susceptible to fire. And I say, let's go burn it down. <laughs> burn, 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 burn. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, we uh, fight the vampire. It's what my mother would have done. Oh, oh, Orin. Oh, you know, I wasn't there when it happened, but um, if there's anything I can do for you, I, you know, I'm going to train you up in being a fire, a sanguinista, right? And we're, we're, I'm going to make sure that you survive tomorrow for sure. Okay, he just kind of looks at you, um, and he just, like, pulls out this giant... Well, he pulls out two necklaces, one that matches Satara's that has mysteriously gone missing that he's still looking for, and um, it's a giant, like, dark red garnet, and he's like, all right, we got magic, let's go. Yeah, let's go burn that castle down um, tomorrow. Tonight we get drunk. <laughs> Is this the best way to prep for a battle? Is yeah. just to be hungover? <laughs> well, we could see if they have garlic mead. Yes. I, you know, I have in the past purchased, true story, a garlic wine, I think it was. Um, so it does exist. It's used as a cooking wine. I bought it as a present, so I don't know what it tastes like. But I assume like cooking wine with garlic. But yeah, no, that is actually a thing. Orin, you're smart. Let's go to the bar and inquire what kinds of wines they have. Or just, uh, do you have any garlic? And I'd like to eat a lot of it. Thank you. <laughs> um, you get the attention of um, one of the servers passing. Um, and you, you're like, hey, do you have anything with garlic in? And they look at you a little bit insulted. Um, and go, what, do you, what sort of place do you think this is? Oh, no. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm a crocodile. We have very unusual appetites. I love me some garlic. Mmm. It's okay. I'll let it go because, you know, you're great heroes and everything. But, uh, you know, the, the old garlic thing is a bit of a soft spot, okay? You know, just, just you know, take it down a couple of notches. Are they all vampires? I think they're all vampires. I think, yeah, I think, I think they're, they're very pale. It's very dark here. I think they're all vampires. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> okay. okay. Kate, uh, Kate leans, leans in to you two and says, I've only got three steaks in my bag, so we're going to have to reuse a lot of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, no. Well, this would not be the first. Well, it would be the first for Orin to kill out a whole town. Um Okay, uh, Oren kind of straightens up and he's like, uh, is, is there perhaps a place to sleep, please? Um, yeah, um, that, that, the guy who just gave the, the, the killer speech, who's just been, uh, like, high-fiving people as he's walking past, is like, yeah, I just made that up, you know? <laughs> I tell you, it's the mead! <laughs> By the way, listeners, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm high-fiving, uh, right now. <laughs> it, it's it, it's called non-verbal acting. <laughs> um, he he walks over to you and goes, "Hey guys, what did you think of the speech?" Eh? Oh, it was um fantastic. Can you uh, tell us a little more about this count? Oh yes, I mean you know your um your other guild members must have told you something about them, but yes, I I. I can, I can, I mean, I can tell you what I can, but, um, yeah, um, uh, it used to be that, um, this was, uh, you know, a, a fa fairly, um, 
a, a nice town. Uh, as you can see outside, it's a complete bit of a wreck, to be honest. But um, yes, it used to be a good place. Um, we had many people come from miles around to see the castle. And it used to be run by a, a good lord called, I don't know, um, uh, Lord Good Lord. We, we don't have very good mm -hmm. um, naming conventions in this part of the world, but um, it's also something the DM didn't think up. So, <laughs> so that's what we get. We get Lord Good Lord. Okay, moving on. No, we we uh, we used to have Lord Good Lord in the castle, and he was a he was a good uh, Lord of the land. But um, ever since the the count uh, moved in. Um, under mysterious circumstances, I, I should probably add, that everything's just been going, um, what not you say, about a bit downhill. So, um, so, uh, last year we, um, we got, uh, your fine selves, the Sanguinista Guild, uh, to come and, um, well, we, 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 we said, you know, if you can... Just take him out, however you choose. Um, you know, because those um, when you when you, as as I'm sure you'll know, when you hire like um, the certain guilds, you know, they've got to be like a cast iron contract in terms of the uh, whether it's like a lethal thing, a non-lethal thing, and then depending on the laws of the land, as it turns out, whether you know they're actually allowed to, you know, have like a justified killing, as it were, but. Um, Oh, we're very familiar with that. I'm We've sure been you guild are. members for a long time. Unionized. Yep. I'm, I'm. Of course you are. Of course you are. You're great heroes. Read those contracts every day. <laughs> of course. <It's, laughs> the last people said it was like eighty percent of the job—just paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. <laughs> uh. Lawrence just kind of shrinking on himself, and his snakes are like hiding under each other because he's like, oh no. But we are we are so glad to have finally gotten um, the funds together for this um, this one because this is the one that counts because um, the last time you you guys did such a good job you sealed him up we had one whole year of no no count to deal with and things started to get better but no he's broken out again he's you know taking our people back. Um, as if he didn't do enough beforehand, he's like taking our livestock. He, I'm, I'm I'm being really careful not to accidentally go into a West Country accent when I say livestock because I naturally go livestock. <laughs> you don't have to worry about your oh, accent, no, by do. the way. I, I mean, <laughs> <It's> no, <laughs> you're fine. You should be comfortable. And when you mention pay. Uh, you have you heard the new there's a minor processing glitch with the banking system right now and you know how it was all handled automatically in the past well this time unfortunately you're gonna have to pay us in cash you know because the account is temporarily just having a little bit of a glitch olive you're gonna hate me for this but i'm gonna ask you for a deception roll <laughs> no you guys don't let the crocodile talk <laughs> well you're the one lying to people is it possible for me to rephrase it so I'm not lying? So like I'm like the the money will not reach us if you use the direct deposit. <laughs> Can I have a persuasion instead? <laughs> oh no, it's the same. She's it's telling the, the truth. One. It doesn't matter at all. Negative one deception persuasion. Okay, here goes. I'm just lying, lying out my butt. A two minus a one is a one. 
<laughs> an unnatural one. They don't happen often, folks, but here we are. A very dirty one. Um, he, he just laughs and goes, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Last last year you were you were good fun too. <laughs> oh, we needed that laugh. But yes, as as, as with all of them, you know, um, we send the the you know the deposit beforehand. The you know, and then once the job gets completed, then you get paid from there. So all the as far as I understand it, everything is already pre-tax deducted, so you don't have to worry about it yourself. Because <laughs> let's let's face it, what sort of you know, um, backwards place would make you do your own tax returns. <laughs> low blow, DM. Oren, <laughs> uh, 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 like, points at, uh, points at Cade, and he's casting message, so Cade, you're gonna hear this in your head. Um, and he says, um, Perhaps we should stop talking to this man. Mm. Cade wants to try and back Olive up with the uh, whole system is down issue. Said so, no, she's actually telling the truth. Our systems are all over the place these days. We've just had too many um, inquiries and it's just a flood of info and everything. It's just really messed up all of our payment systems. Okay, you give me a deception check. All right, well, I have a plus eight. Yeah, so. I was going to say. Oh, thank goodness. A warlock. 14 plus eight. Or 22. Okay, I rolled a, I rolled a 16, so you're in the clear. Um, he says, oh, I understand these things happen. Maybe it's our uh, magical reception. Maybe there's um, <laughs> a count is doing something. But yes, don't worry about it. I mean, tomorrow we're, go, we're all going to die anyway, so... Uh, we'll 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 see what we can get you. A little bit extra, you know, hazard pay. I I have one more question for you. Um, they didn't tell us before we left. Why did our why did our the previous group we sent not just kill the count? Oh, I think it was up to them. I I, see, I, I, I think at, the, at that point, um, maybe uh, I I mean I wasn't uh, part of that particular um, uh, exchange, but I was think maybe the. Um, they could only afford like um, a, a non-lethal uh, version of it, or maybe the the guild just deemed it, um, you know, um, unneeded for lethal force. Maybe they were like um, they just went to a, it wasn't uh, like proportionate, as it were. I see, and like I said, our systems are all over the place these days, so we didn't really get a dossier. Can you um, give us a little description of the count? <laughs> well, you guys are. <laughs> I mean, you you guys are a bit uh, sorry. That was that was very. Uh, you guys are a bit. I we go rescue you that one. Uh, it's the booze. It happens. It's the booze. Yeah. <laughs> because, well, your systems must be really you know backed up with all that. Uh, but, oh, well, as far as I know, he's the only one in the castle. So, well, aside from my brother, that is, you know, he he's been taken by the counts for nefarious uh, reasons and uh, obviously if you can get him back that we'd pay extra for that but that would just be from me sure um can you tell us what he looks like so we know make we make sure to grab him on our way out it looks like me but without the beard gotcha does the count strike at midnight 
Does he have like a pattern? He has been sealed in the castle for the past year. Um, his pattern seems to be kidnapping people from the village. If Yeah, but like at what time, man? Like, don't these people normally have like a schedule? I wish that were the case. When we do rescue Albrecht, who should we say sent us? What's your name? Oh, my name is... Um, I'm surprised that didn't come out before. Uh, my name is Bernholt. It's got the silent D. Be careful. Oh, great. You know I'm writing this down wrong. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> okay, All right, I wrote it down wrong. Um, so, do you have any secret communication words? Like, for example... We would say parakeet to one another, guys, right? If uh, there were any concerns about our identity. Do you have any like uh, words like that that we should... Or What's a story from your childhood that we should tell Albrecht so that he can know for sure that Barnholt sent us? Um, Mr. Bob, have a think. You can tell him that... Um... I mean, this is a story which has uh, sounds weird out of context, but uh, you can tell him that uh, mother's milk tastes far too bloody today. You're right. Out of context, that would be awful. I'm sure he'll know what you're talking about. I mean, I've got to say in context, it sounds even worse. It's not a great day. I'm sad I have to say that later. <laughs> yeah, Cade puts his uh, finger on his nose and says, not it. I do that. I Oren whips out a notebook and writes it down. <laughs> Thank you, Oren. <laughs> Just by the by, I, I do the not it with a touch of my nose thing all the time in real life, and it gets me out of doing so much stuff, especially <laughs> in a group. You, you, um, if if I, anyone um, has to like go down to get a pizza or something, you just go not it, and everyone just like immediately <laughs> accepts that that's the rule, even if you've never done it before. <laughs> that is one of the best episodes of Community, I think. Yeah. All right. Um. So, Beds, Oren was inquiring about that, Barnholt, and I think we got distracted with the bloody mother's milk. So, back to the topic of sleeping arrangements. Do you guys sleep, like, hanging from the ceiling, or do you have beds available? Like, whatever you do is cool with me. I'm also good with the mud outside, you know, so I'm flexible. But, um, beds? I mean, some of us do sleep uh, with the... Um, on the rafters, but uh, others, uh, quite a lot of us also just sleep uh -huh. on the floor. It seems to be a bit warmer there. We can all like cuddle up and uh, share heat and all that. But uh, um, like, if, if you want your own place, which is completely understandable, you can just like take any of the buildings, um, like in the road across the across the way, because they all are mostly empty. Just try not to get um, kidnapped. That would be very awkward. All right. All right, we will take a building across the way. Hey, you guys, do you want to go to one of those buildings across the way? Orin is vigorously shaking their head yes. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, we definitely, we need time to plan, and we'd like to do that in private, so we'll take a building across the street. Oh, uh, perfect, perfect. Hang on. If you want to do some planning, let me go and get you a quick sketch of the castle so you can see for yourself, you know, um, any points of attack or, or <laughs> you're the hero so you the, you'll tell me um, any uh, what greatly appreciated if y'all have a map of the area too that would be nice oh it's pretty boring let me tell you <laughs> but he wanders <laughs> off all the same to go and get you 
uh, a map of the the surrounding valley and um, uh, a fairly nice nice portrait of the castle itself, um, which is um, it, it's painted in let's let's call it not dark stormy weather. It's nice, nice and clear. Um, <laughs> there are you know uh, birds flying around. There's even a griffin, but you think that might have been an artist's just making it more interesting. It's actually quite a nice uh, nice weather. In the, fo- in the in the picture outside, awful. <laughs> so you now have your portrait of the castle. You have a map of the surrounding area, which is more or less just a valley and a mountain, and not a huge amount else. And you are going to head over towards um, the other side of the street to an abandoned uh, house to spend the night. Yes. <laughs> Works for me. Okay. Uh, wandering over towards the other uh, side of the street, um, you uh, pick uh, uh, one of the houses among many, um, and the door will uh, creak open. It's very cold inside because there's no fire raging in the hearth, for example. Um, it's all dark and a bit smells a bit dusty. Um, obviously, no one's lived here for quite some time, but there are... Um, a few old um, chairs for you to sit on if you want um, or there's a, a very very dusty rug down by the, the dead fireplace um, which you may be able to curl up beneath but I'm sure one of you magic-y types will be able to fix that right up Kate is gonna um, say do you two want me to go grab some firewood outside? No because I don't actually want to stay here uh, I don't trust the people who hired us one bit, and I think that we should go have a pre-chat before they all try to kill themselves tomorrow, because going along with people who are trying to die doesn't seem like the right idea to do. Yeah. It's a cult, right? <laughs> I think you're right, Oren. You have good senses. Oh no, we've already drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> oh no, the mead. <laughs> um, we did, yes, um. Oren didn't. <laughs> Oren, if we start being weird, let us know. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Would you guys like to discuss things with the Count before they all battle charge in tomorrow? Yeah, because I have a feeling, like, if they're all vampires and the Count is taking them, I have a feeling that the Count is not a vampire, but also, like, all vampires aren't evil, necessarily, but also, again, cult. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And now that we're away from everybody else, they won't notice if we like sneak out, right? Um not if they're all still in there drinking. And so Kay turns around behind him and says, uh, well, what do you guys think? Should we sneak out and head that way? Whatever I say? Okay, yeah, that works. <laughs> okay. Um Shall we? I don't have a quick way to get there other than just walking. Walking works for me. That's, uh, I have a quicker way, but I'll walk with you guys just to keep you company. I appreciate that. Okay. If um, Having a look at the map you've been given, there is um, a small dirt track which leads from the, um, from the town to the castle, sort of like a service road. Um, which tends to go up to hard-to-reach areas. So it's not like you have to um, go cross-country. 
Um, it's maybe about a maybe a thirty minute walk, um, but just because you're in the dark. Um, but heading out of town, just to make sure you're not making any stupid amounts of noise, like or falling over or screaming when you see a a bug going past. Uh, just everyone, give me a quick stealth check to sneak out. I have dark vision. Just throwing that one out there. Okay. Uh, rolled a 17 plus one, so 18. 14. One plus one, two. <laughs> Not a Orin. good day for Oren. <laughs> Oren. Oh, you keep falling in the mud, Oren. <laughs> He's a dancer, not a mud tracker person. Cade's <laughs> briefly like, I wonder if this skull is affecting Oren instead. Nice. <laughs> Um, you make it towards the edge of the um, the the town um, as the road just seemingly goes into nothingness, but then Oren does comically slip over and go. <laughs> um, Oren is also um, seven feet tall, y'all. So like, and seven feet tall. <laughs> Big old tree falling over, essentially. <laughs> Um, however, because the other two did uh, well enough, I'm not going <laughs> to fail the rest of you because stealth checks can be very punishing, depending on the DM. But um, I'll, I'll, I'll put the, um, I'll, I'll say that you now have um, some really nasty mud in your boots, Oren. Gross. And <laughs> squishes every time once you again, walk. Once again, your clothes are ruined. <laughs> He doesn't even fix them. He just leaves it at this point. <laughs> so you, you you can manage there, but you're going to be miserable. Um, as you uh, walk along the road, it's um, the sky's cleared up a bit. It's no longer raining or uh, being all thunder. It's quite a still night. Um, you can, if you if you everyone is quiet, then you can hear just distantly the sounds of the music uh, still emanating. Uh, from the from the long hall um, seems everyone is going to bed quite late uh, because as we all know as we mentioned earlier hangovers that's the best mood for revolution hey what can I say if you haven't had tequila before <laughs> before overthrowing a government you're missing out Oren wouldn't know he's a teenager who has not tried drinking yet oh yeah is it even possible for Olive to get drunk it takes a lot and it takes a lot very quickly, but it can happen. And then usually she gets a stomach ache. Gotcha. Is this is this one of the one of those conversations which happens in universe when mm -hmm. you're just walking along the road? You, um, Orin's like, oh, I can still hear the I can still hear the band. Um, and uh, Olive's like, oh, should we have drunk all that mead? I mean, everyone's going to be really hungover tomorrow. And uh, Kay goes, can you even get drunk? And you're like, yeah. well, Kate sometimes. says, uh, I'm not going to be hungover. Kate <laughs> says, y'all might be hungover. I'm not going to. As he pulls his flask out and takes a little swig. Oh, you can't get hungover if you're still drunk. <laughs> exactly. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, for the listeners, Olive is a 235 pound crocodile, which is why this conversation was based around whether or not she can get drunk. Keep going. Keep going. Also, pretty much every time anyone's tried to poison you, you've thrown it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Don't you carry around rotten food just because? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I don't understand all of the not meat items that you guys eat. So rotten or fresh, it's like I, it's weird, <laughs> non-crocodilian. What is an onion? I wasn't. Th- I was cooking onions on a boat one time, and I just burned them all to heck. And I was like, "You guys eat weird food, but I'll try it." <laughs> That's right. You made me booze one time on a ship, and I was really confused as how you knew how to do that. Yeah. Oren is just learning all these facts, and he's like, "Okay." Mother said these guys were, like, competent. She might have been overestimating the guild's abilities. Cool. A little. Yeah. I mean, she then proceeded to quickly die on a mission with us. So, um. (laughs) That is true. That is true. That was not in character. (laughs) Maybe she was just, like, like somewhere on the um, left side of the graph, which is, like, you know, your knowledge and skill. Where, like, when you're, you know, a little bit skilled, you think you're really good at it. But then you get a bit better and you're like, oh, no, I'm rubbish at this. And then when you actually get good, you're like, I'm all right. She was like, <laughs> right at the left hand side of it. She's like, I am fantastic at this. Uh Oh, what's this? Death. Oh, and everyone around me is the best adventure I've ever seen. Let's go fight this curtain. It's just a curtain. It'll be fine. Oh. Uh, yes, because Oren does have her journal, and he's was oh, very God. enthusiastic to come and adventure. And so he's listening to you guys talk, and he's like, uh-huh, okay, cool. <laughs> that journal is just heartbreaking. Oh, gosh. It's going to be a great day. <laughs> the last thing she wrote. I mean, I, yeah, I, I read that early, and if you, if you don't mind, I, I, we do have a couple of uh, extracts from it, um, from not, ju- not just the one she died on, which uh, says, uh, this will be an amazing day. No. But the one before that says, I'm starting to doubt my ability to stay alive. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is why Orin has angst. <laughs> yeah. I'll say what you will, she saw it coming. <laughs> she had a gift. <laughs> Travel montage, depressing version. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Oh yeah, Oren. Um. So you dropped out of Butler School. I'm sorry that didn't work out. That Chauncey arranged that for you. But are you like? Do you need a roommate? Because you know Marlo and Remy. I haven't heard from them in a while about the plans for the long term future. They don't really talk to me, so it's possible I might have room for another roommate. Um, I you know Marlo might have moved out, and I wouldn't even have noticed. So, do you have somewhere to live? Are you okay? Um, well, thank you about Butler School. That was kind of my fault. I may or may not have punched the berser. There's no one to prove it. Um. <laughs> And that's a Hamilton reference, y'all, from the theater kid. Um, And then he kind of looks at you and he goes, I've been going through mom's things in her room and staying there. Thank you, though. Okay. Well, if you ever need anything, I'm here for you. Probably if I survive this. Okay? Aw. And Oren's like, oh, maybe a new mom, sort of, in a, like, maternal way. (laughs) Oh, Olive's 23. (laughs) Oren is like 17. Anyone over 20 is mother material to him. Okay, good. 
Cade just leans in and offers you a drink from his flask, like, and doesn't even say anything. He just nods. Like, here you go. Big bro and big sis are here for you in different ways. <laughs> um, Oren takes a sip, but he's never drank before. So what is in that? <laughs> oh, it's the good stuff. It's tequila and vodka mixed together. He immediately just starts like coughing and gagging and he's just like, oh God, oh God. <laughs> it burns. Oh yeah, yeah, that's mouthwash. Um you just drink one sip and you're good. And then I elbow Kate and I'm like, Kate <laughs> and, then we, and then we arrive at the castle. <laughs> yeah, I I'm I don't see one help. Um you get to uh the front of the castle which um um has a bridge a long uh domed bridge uh, over towards its main entrance um each side of the bridge uh, is flanked by gargoyles which look menacingly down at you as you walk past in the moonlight um however as you pass and as previous characters may have been far too paranoid about this your characters are not. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, as you walk past um, on the bridge towards the looming castle, uh, which, as you will have uh, seen from your map and portrait, is called Castle Weisnacht. I don't know why I'm writing this down. Like, it's going to be spelled correctly? No. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? Kate uh, leans into his team and says, What does that say? Castle Weisnacht? It's an odd name. I mean, all names are odd, if you think about it. Does that mean vampire and, like, draconic? Oren is asking this under his breath. I speak draconic, and I think Nacht means night, but I don't know what Vice is, because uh, lizard folk is not really draconic. They used to be a really long time ago, and then they diverged, and then we also mixed in with some, like, latin languages uh sorry some like some halfling languages and stuff like that and so like we share the same stems but i don't truly speak draconic anyway so. yeah it's, it's like french canadian yeah we or, you know if, you, if, you, that's if, just if you're actual no it's not uh, no it's not really it's really not oh okay <laughs> so we not uh, li- listen, listeners door. in quebec uh feel free to give us a shout uh, yeah, do you about speak how, French? Or French Canadian. <laughs> Tell us the is difference it? in the review section. As long as you <laughs> yeah. stick five stars in there, we don't mind. We'll read it out and <laughs> we will read it out in French and that will be awful and you want to listen to that. <laughs> Parlez-vous français? Leave us a <laughs> review. Wee wee. Wee wee. Okay, but I do knock on the door because Dr. Crudden Beans taught me that you always knock first before breaking in. That's true. Um, (laughs) Olive, you you knock on the the large imposing wooden and uh, wooden iron doors and goes However, you don't get an answer per se, but um, directly next to you there's um, a small statue holding a stone bowl, which seems to like rotate towards you and goes as it rotates and um on the door words start to glow in 
um, fiery letters. And the letters say this. In order to pass the threshold of this unhallowed hall, the kiss of seats, the kiss of sweet sanguine you must give to your lord. This is a blood thing for the cult, isn't it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> you want to try your theory? <laughs> yeah. Orin, like, whips out a dagger and, like, cuts his thigh, because if you cut your hand, it hurts more. He may or may not know this from experience. He claims nothing. Um, and, like, scoops some up and puts it in the bowl. Uh, you, you dump your blood. Blood dumping? No. <laughs> sounds, sounds nasty, doesn't it? Uh, you, you empty your, like, handful, your scoop handful of blood into the, wipe your hands on your already ruined <laughs> clothes. That's going to get um, infected. Mm-hmm. Eh, it'll be fine. Um, the, uh, the fiery letters disappear from the doorway and the statue <laughs> rotates back to where it was and you feel um, a shift in the magical eddies of the door and you hear a clunking noise as the doors swing slowly open into Castle Weisnacht. Orin looks back at you two and he just goes, I knew a theater butler once and this reminds me of that. Very dramatic fellow. Picturing what a theater butler would look like. <laughs> Ooh, have you ever read the manga Black Butler or watched the anime where they're all pretty? Oh, it's phenomenal. Oh, it's phenomenal. Yes. Oh, it's such a good... Anyway, watch it if you haven't. He is a very pretty butler. I'm picturing that for a theater butler. So as the uh, doors open, Cade begins to inspect the doorway and the, uh, I guess the foyer for uh, traps and anything like that. Okay. Are we looking for uh, magical traps or are we just looking for bulk standard non-magical traps? Because I'd probably call those different checks. I um, see what you're doing, and I help out by doing the one you're not. <laughs> okay, I'll look for bog standard traps. You Okay, I will check for magical <laughs> Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Warlock, let's have a, a chat. Um, What's a magical trap? Because <laughs> I'm a um, I don't know. I am not magical. All right, you just look for the basic ones. I'll look for the magic ones. <laughs> It's okay. Yes. And he just pat he uh, he pats your uh, your scaly head. <laughs> mm. The sorcerer okay. sits in silence <laughs> like that. <laughs> okay, Olive, give me an investigation roll. Mm. Oh no! <laughs> I'm assuming it's not very high, judging a by your plus a one is a one. Oh, wonderful! <laughs> Great. Dad rolled a. Seven, 16, sorry. Okay, uh, Olive, you're not quite sure what even a regular trap looks like. So you're just like on your hands and knees, like root <laughs> rooting around like in the corners of the door trying to find, you don't know, you think you might spot it, maybe like a mouse trap or something. You've seen those before. <laughs> Seeing if they're in like like larger mouse, like size mouse traps. But no, you can't find any big mouse traps, unfortunately. Cade, um, you send out like a burst of like probing magical energy into the surrounding area. You feel a lot of magic from the bowl, which now has some thigh blood in. And 
you spot around the um, edges of the doorway, you do see glyphs which seem to um, denote um, some sort of magical lock uh, bound by blood, which you've just um, sorted out. But you also um, feel a a sense of um, a bit of schadenfreude um, that you're just watching Olive root around in the dirt looking for like uh boring old like uh, terrestrial traps when you're just like no there's nothing here like we've already done the big thing wouldn't make sense to do any more traps yeah i, I uh i think we're okay to proceed in i don't sense anything and if there was any traps i believe you would have set them off by now so uh yeah we should be good and uh he also again turns behind him and says don't worry we'll all be okay just come on in I hop up gleefully. Yeah, there were no traps. It's safe, you guys, I say to your little invisible people that I assume are there. And if they're not there, that's okay, too. I'm just like, come inside. I would have found it. Are there little people there? Or am I just talking? Like, are you? <laughs> All of us um, buying it. <laughs> out of character, Cade's background gives him the flaw that he uh, sees and talks to spirits that no one else can see. Mm. Okay, <laughs> You could have been like, no, I'm making this up and you're a fool. <laughs> Oren definitely thinks you're like talking to a god and that's how he ended up turned into a Medusa. So he's just like polite to the little invisible people, <laughs> regardless of whether or not he can see them. <laughs> Kate is a warlock and he worships the uh, the Raven Queen. So you never know. Hmm. You know who else uh, used to worship the Raven Queen? <laughs> Sitara. <laughs> Ouch. That is true. <laughs> Poor Oren. Poor Oren. Like, this trip is just reminders of his mother. Maybe that's why you feel comfortable with us. That could be why. He's very comfortable. He does walk in as well. <laughs> okay, you walk into the grand entrance hall of Castle Weisnacht. Um, in front of you, there's a large, ornate staircase which goes up to the next level. Um, on either side, there are suits of armor standing proudly with their swords pointing downwards as they are wont to do. Um, and then on each side of you, you also have large ornate doors which go who knows where. Well, I know I've got a map, but you don't right now. However, as you walk through the front door, from nowhere and everywhere, you hear a voice ringing out throughout the castle which says, Ah, it seems we have visitors. Those who would dare cross my entrance hall, I bid thee welcome. And, uh, well, you'll have a fun time ahead of you if you wish to steal from me. However, I suspect that we may have things to talk about, so... If you wouldn't mind, if you wish for food and drink, you can head into the, the door to your left. Um, if you need to, um, the word is, um, I believe in your tongue, go party. You can go to the door on your right. Otherwise, I will be down with you shortly. And we will, we will eat and we will talk because I believe we have some things to discuss. Oren, like, raises his hand, and he says, <laughs> uh, 
magical voice dude, you look really rich, and I hate to ask this, but do you have, like, an extra shirt and pants? <laughs> uh, the, vo- the voice comes back. I'm sure we can sort something out for you. What size cape do you wear? Extra tall. I'm seven feet tall. We can probably manage that. Thank you. As you say that, Kate, uh, Kate has like a little aha moment and pulls down his pack and starts rummaging through it because he has um, one set of common clothing that he hands you, but he is... Um, he is 6'3", so I'm not exactly sure how it's going to fit. <laughs> like a four-foot-tall outfit on a five-foot-tall person. <laughs> yeah. Aww. It's going to be a little tight, but Aww. it'll be clean. Well, the good news is, is Oren is very hot, um, so it just makes his butt look good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he is a teenager. He cares about these things. Um, but he definitely, like, cuffs the pants because he's like, I guess capris. <laughs> And he says thank you. Oh, yeah. Hey, on the upside, if you walk in the mud in those, you won't get them dirty because, you know, they stop at your ankles. That is true. Capri's in a crop top, essentially. Yeah, you might have to tear the sleeves off as well, so it's more of a vest. <laughs> Good thing this is not a fashion show. <laughs> yeah, Tanager would be dying. <laughs> he would be dying. <laughs> Well, better uh, fashion dying than actual dying, right? That's true. That's true. Um, Suppose I could let you use the disguise kit. Oren looks at you guys and says, thank you for the clothes. Um, I still hope he brings a cloak so I don't freeze. But food? Uh, you two can go on ahead. I'm sure Olive's hungry by now. I'm going to hit the uh, little boy's room. Great. Oren goes towards the door that was indicated for food. Yeah. Woo, food. I'm an obligate carnivore who likes to sample all the stuff you guys eat that's like, it's like herbs to me. I'm like, what's this flavor? <laughs> okay, Olive and Oren, the O-team, head towards the food door, as we are now <laughs> calling it. Um, through there, it's a very large, um, fancy dining room. Um, the table is effectively golden and all the chairs around it are also uh, golden with a red uh, red velvet um, uh, cushioning. Um, there are a number of, of seats um, lined along it. It's a very long table, and on it are piled um, various foods. So there's a, you know large uh, a chicken like uh, creature or cooked, obviously. Um, there's piles of fruit and. Uh, like sweet corn and vegetables. Um, and there are flasks of uh, what seems to be wine. It's a very dark red wine. Um, and you look at it and you're like, how did he manage to sort this so quickly? But it all seems pretty sweet. Is the food warm? Um, it it seems, an, seems an obvious thing, but... Uh, let's we'll go through the whole thing with if you give me a perception check. Um, obviously you can just poke it, see if it's warm. But like you can get like smells and you you can ha- you can get a good vibe check. 18. I want a vibe check. <laughs> yeah, yeah vi- vibe checks for everyone apart from Cade. Eighteen, just like is this eighteen on the vibe? Guinea fowl, <laughs> still warm. 
It's 11 on the vibe check for Orin. Okay, Olive, your vibe check is, like, pinging. You've got a, like, food radar. So you're like, I can, I can ignore the vegetables. Not interested. Let's look at this meat here. So there is, like, uh, there's a plate of, like, blood sausage, which you're like, actually, this is, like, a delicacy uh, in Nicomoy. You don't see a lot of it, but when you do, it is very expensive. So just having a plate, like, piled high, you're like, I may need to steal this. Um, however, looking at like the large birdie type creature, that definitely is, smells seemingly to be like warm. It hasn't, not like it's just come out of whatever you would cook it in, but you know it it stayed warm. So maybe you think, I don't know. Well, you're you're a chef, right? You know, um, you'd be like, well, this can't, you know, this has to be cooked for at least six hours beforehand just due to its size. Otherwise, you get, you know, nasty diseases in the middle. So obviously someone has to have either cooked this for a long time or it's been magically cooked. Or maybe it's just been kept warm. Maybe the plates, you know, maybe they've got like a system of steam underneath to keep the keep the uh, <laughs> the plates warm. Um, Oren, you have a look at maybe uh, maybe the vegetables. Your, your snakes are eyeing some of the eggs um, on the table. Um, but everything seems, as far as you can tell, um, yeah, it, it seems fairly fairly decent um, as far as far as you know. Oren's gonna sit down and start piling a plate so he can eat because he's hungry. Because again, he's a teenager and probably growing still. But he looks at Olive and he says, "Well, the man has a theme and he sticks to it. I guess we can respect that." Yeah, I'm gonna try the food before you do so that. If you like start, oh, oh, wait, that's right. I have a character sheet. <laughs> I totally <laughs> forgot about that. That exists. That exists. Um, yeah, totally forgot about this. Okay, so I'm gonna try to put a leg of what sounds kind of like a turkey, not a guinea fowl. So I'm gonna try to put this like cassowary leg <laughs> into my mouth and do this before. Orin can die of poisoning, so I'm, like, doing it fast. Like, snatch, yoink, chomp. Okay, you snatch the leg uh, from <laughs> Orin's hand before, and you chomp it. I mean, in your opinion, it could do with a bit more seasoning. Um, it seems maybe a little dry, just but that could just be your chef um, taste buds at work. But as it, t- as it you know, goes down your uh, gullet... You don't think it's necessarily poisoned. It's just a bit bland. Okay. And I'm using Hungry Jaws. Bonus action, bite and gain my constitution modifier number of temporary hit points once between short rests. So okay. now I have 66 hit points instead of 64. Just temporarily. Um, so, Orin, this seems safe. I tested it for you. Thanks. He really appreciates it, even though he's not saying it out loud. <laughs> You're welcome. I I might have taken you by surprise, but uh, I'm just doing my job, keeping you safe. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> wait, we lost a party member. <laughs> no, still here. Speaking of, speaking of, let's take a trip to the toilet with Cade. <laughs> this is an adventure? Oh, no. Death by toilet. <laughs> well, it can be. Death by toilet, what a life. The final embrace, the toilet seat. <laughs> so, um, yum, as yum, Cade's... Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> As Kate is um, yep. attending to business, and once he's finished, he uh, 
I want to, he wants to inspect the room for any, you know, he's been in many castles. He's just kind of looking for like secret doors and things like that. Okay, so the latrines themselves, um, there is a bath on one side. Once again, ornate. It's like marble or whatever you make baths out of enamel, I guess. Um, similarly, there's a, um, a basin shaped in the shape of a shell. Um, it's got some uh, like mermaid um, uh, decorated taps and a large mirror so you can see your pretty little face um, and all the mud that's currently on it from Orange Splash Zone. Um, and then also up against the other side, you have the, the toilets themselves, which are basically just more or less a trough, um, but with like seats on top. So if you can imagine um, like a, a long box with holes cut in the top. So the you fancy think tub, fancy that... sink and ghetto toilets. Gotcha. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty <laughs> much. Hey, they're, they're already going to get, you know, muddy you, why would you spend money on the stuff which you know <laughs> i suppose yeah so after Cade's done washing his face off and everything he wants to inspect the area for um like trap doors levers things like that two-way mirrors maybe okay well for this investigation can you guess that's right it's a uh, animal handling no i'm just kidding it's an investigation <laughs> role yeah it's a I was going to say streetwise, but that's a fourth edition thing. Fourteen. Fourteen. Okay, um, no trapdoors you can spot, but sticking your head down one of the toilets, um, you hear <laughs> some sort like a faint like rattling maybe um, of, of wind. So you're thinking, okay, sewage pipe could be escape route, could be entrance point if, you know, if anyone needs it. But not exactly the best way of uh coming up so since he uh, since uh k didn't find anything he you know washes his hands and i guess his head again since he yeah i would stuck it in the trough and uh proceeds to go to the dining room okay um you walk back through the uh entrance hall um give me a perception check as you go through oh no uh, eight. Okay. Um, you'll notice that um, as you walk through, the large doors um, have shut behind you. But otherwise, everything, as far as you can tell, is you know, as it was. Everything's very still, very silent. But going back into the door with the, the food in, you come across your compatriots um, eating and laughing about what subject, people? There's a duck inside the turkey yes whoa <laughs> what's inside the Ada duck looks <laughs> a quail a guinea fowl <laughs> and then in the quail is the guinea fowl and there's just a hamster in the middle <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, how how large is the uh, the bird the big bird <laughs> big birds in this too uh oh um it's maybe about uh, two feet long. Uh, okay. Just trying to make sure they weren't eating a kinku. Never know around no, here. You'd, Baby you'd, kinku. Uh, we could be. No, I think you'd know if it was kinku. They tend to be a bit more stringy than other birds. Are they more or less stringy than zombie pirate monkeys? Mm. Um... <laughs> 
I'd say less stringy just because they actually have meat on them. And, you know, what they do have is not rotting. Ah, Cade's face palm was worth it. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, Kenku is very much more of a red meat. It's like pigeon, you know? Mm. <laughs> okay, maybe you haven't eaten pigeon. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sort of gamey, a bit stringy. Uh, um, I think Aracocra would be a bit, bit, you know, bit meatier in terms of if you want to eat other player races. Yeah, so um, you guys know you could uh, maybe clean off a little in the bathroom. Just saying. Yes. As he watches you eat while you're just disgusting. Mud is a important protective coating. All right, to each his own. Or her own. <laughs> the vomit is just decoration. <laughs> I guess uh, Cade walks over and makes himself a plate. He uh, eyes the food very suspiciously because, like you said, like um, he's wondering why it was already laid out, for why there's a feast laid out if there's no one in attendance. So he uh, would like to do, I guess he doesn't know that Olive's already checked the food, so he wants to also check the food for, you know, make sure it's not a, an illusion or anything like that. Okay, um, give me some sort of magic-y vibe. Magic-y vibe check is different from a regular vibe check because um, there's magic involved. 13. 13 for a magic-y vibe check. Uh, there's definitely some sort of magic around the place, um, like, to do with the food. But um, Olive, uh, like, kind of leans over and goes, it's probably, they've probably just cooked it quickly with it, you know, it takes ages otherwise, and then goes back to chomping. I'm sorry, does no, a vibe no, check, no, is it a straight D20, or does it include any um, modifier? Um, add your intelligence. So now it's a 12. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah, so Olive says that, and you're like, yeah, that sounds about right. So yeah, Cade makes him a plate and sits down with his friends to uh, partake. Okay, the food is fairly tasty. Um, as we mentioned earlier, the, the, the meat is you know, a bit dry, a bit, bit bland, but often is with those sorts of um, um, temperatures around uh, climate. That's the word I was looking for, not temperature, climate. Tends to be a bit blander. Um, after a little while, um, you hear a sort of a whooshing noise um, coming from the far end. And out of a grate in the ceiling comes a great flock of bats. And they swirl around the uh, top of the table um, and like around one of the chairs up there. They swim around in a big old circle and then fly back up into that same grate and sat there is a person dressed in uh, a very like um, almost a tuxedo but there's there's no tie um, but he does he is wearing a very um, voluminous cape assuming I'm using the word voluminous right which I don't think I am I think you are and you need a little bit more self-confidence well, we'll Cade, see. Uh, ab when, upon seeing this spectacle, Cade absentmindedly reaches into his pocket and uh, grabs his uh, cracked symbol of Torm. Doesn't pull it out, he just holds it in his hand in his pocket. Okay. Literally thinking, oh god. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or an applauds. Olive did not snatch, like catching a missile, one of the bats out of the air. 
Olive did not do that. Well, you, your mouth is full already, isn't it? So yeah, you're a bit busy already eating. Yeah. Um, so the man at the top of the table now uh, surveys you all and goes, Oh, here you are. Welcome, welcome. Um, sorry about the, the entrance, though. The bats aren't properly trained yet, but... Welcome to Castle Weisnachts. Um, hope you make yourselves at home. Well, not too much, obviously. Um, but, uh, yes, uh, my name is, uh, well, I'm Count Weisnachts. Um, this castle is named for me. Or am I named after the castle? Woohoo! No, it's the other way around. I, the castle is named after me. Anyway... Um, I believe we have uh, things to talk about, you and I. Well, all you and me, yes. Um, I believe you were sent here by the, um, the village down the way, correct? Sort of. The village sent the Sanguine Guild, <laughs> and that's not necessarily... We're free agents? Yeah, free agents. <laughs> It's a nice way of yeah. saying mercenaries, you know. Okay, I, I was going to say, you know, uh, last last time they came, they went up through this, um, I, can, I can only call it a pool tube because they came up through the, like, the, the sewage. <laughs> they smelled <laughs> horrible when they came and, came and uh, accosted me. Accosted but you? But no. Well, I was busy. What can they say? Oh gosh, this is but like you, people are afraid of rats coming out of their toilets. I know, you're busy. You, we don't have to get into the details of you've that. Got, you've got mercenaries coming out of the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Um, no, uh, as free agents, it's possible we might represent your interests. Oh. Well, it, it seems in this case our um, aims may be aligned because, um, as, as you will no doubt have noticed, um, the town down there are... Let's face it, absolute monsters. <laughs> and I'm not just being figurative, they are actual monsters. You're a Medusa, I'm a crocodile, and that guy sees dead people. <laughs> <laughs> and you're a vampire. Hey, let's not judge. Hey, he's wearing a suit, he seems good. Can, um, can we ask why the villagers want you gone? You all can say why peasants want what they want, but uh, so I, I was going to um, suggest a counter proposal, if you will, because as you can imagine, I have quite a lot of riches um, within the castle. Instead of, as I imagine the, they've sent you here to do, instead of trying to kill me and take me out, what if um, I paid you to go back down into town and kill all the people there. They are monsters. They do not deserve to live. Then you can go your way. I can go mine. And we will both live our lives in comfort. So, so, uh, Oren kind of perks up and he's like petting his hair, like chill snakes, chill. At the word monster, they're a little upset. And <laughs> he's like, okay, so... I guess cult. I assumed cult. But, like, they said you kidnap people. Can you just, like, I don't know, explain? Because we got real weird vibes there, 
Um, but like kidnapping people, are you actually doing that? Well, you they may call it kidnap. I just call it um, reappropriation of peasant. Olive puts down the turkey leg. Reappropriation into what? Well, just put it this way, you know, um, the world gives us um, questions and I seek to find the answers. So if those um, monsters can help provide answers, then I just borrow them for a short time. I put them back. You put them back? And then why are there so many empty homes? Well, not all the experiments go. Well, you'll say... Unky Dory. Uh, so, there are vampires down there, yes? Well, some of them are, yes. And, and Oren's like forcing the words out. He's like, y- you are... Because he understands he might be very, being very rude, but he needs to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not get bogged down by, you know, who is... What? You know, am I a vampire? Mm, yes, sometimes yes, sometimes no, you know. But um, the important thing is I am able to pay you a lot more than those peasants down there. Do you have magic items? What, just in general or to give you? Well, I've been looking for a particular couple of items. Orin is definitely like considering this y'all uh just so you're aware <laughs> well let's uh we, we can talk afterwards i'm sure we'll be able to find um objects that um satisfy your desires after the townspeople are gone and Orin has his daggers won't you be all alone in this castle with no peasants to entertain you i will find my own entertainment but uh, for the time being there they they locked me in my tower for a year honestly you know i could i could just do without them i don't want them there anymore i was content to let them you know live what they would call their life there were some air quotes when, there listeners <laughs> the, there were some air quotes I was content with them being there, and I will just borrow one occasionally, send them back, but then, you know, they they sent a group of adventurers after me, and apparently the the tables have turned, and now I just want them gone. Look, they're monsters, right? Do they deserve to live? No. They're peasants. Do they deserve to live? No. I have a lot of money. I can give you, you know, a lot of money. We can both go our separate ways. If you have so much money, why don't you simply buy them out? Buy all the land, bulldoze the houses, and then there's no town around you. Like, why bother going through our channels? Why not just use your wealth? Well, let's just say you came to me. Seems cheaper this way. Rich people don't stay rich by spending money. Don't you need someone you- raising the, uh, the farm animals? They say you come down and... Um- grab some sheep every now and then. How will you uh, do that if there's no one down there raising them? Sheep live on their own. Not an issue. They really don't. You gotta shave them, like, at least every six years, or they don't live very long at all. Okay, I will engineer special sheep to not grow 
it's a work in progress, all right? This is my problem. <laughs> They're going to attack, like, tomorrow. Uh, hmm. are, you, are you just, like, hangry? Is this a hangry thing? <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> Takes a, a bite of uh, meat and, and a swig of the wine. And go, mm. No, I'm pretty sure I want them all killed. Is this, like, a loneliness thing? Like, do you have a Mr. or a Mrs. Weissnacht? Or are you all alone in this castle? Well, at the moment, I'm not technically alone. But uh, but anyway, yeah, I think we're getting we a bit distracted. <laughs> I'm sure you do. Yep, yep. Okay, question. We do this thing for you. We kill all the villagers. You're all alone in this castle. What do you do after that? Like... You're all alone in this castle. You've got no one to experiment on. You've got no one to potentially court. I don't know, you're a count. You maybe want to make some little count babies to inherit after, I don't know, like, what's, what, what, what is the meaning of your life, Count Weissnacht? He stops and ponders this for a moment. Well, I can live a quiet existence. I mostly just don't want them drinking. But anyway. Wait, wait. We're mostly just drinking. Oh no, the people down in town. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, like, but like, what do you, what do you do for fun? Come on, like, let's hang. Let's have some good times. We don't have to stay here. You don't have to stay here in this castle. You can list this place for sale. You can go to like the Trulia or Zillow of the fantasy town. You can convert all of your assets to cash and just come to Nikamoy with us and hang out. Like, why would you stay here? This place, I mean. It's a very nice castle, but that town is shit. We've been there. You know, the people there are weird. <laughs> like, what? you don't have to stay here. Come adventuring with us, my dude. This is an interesting one. However, we we have rules for such an occasion. I'm Do we sure not my all friends of? could tell you more about Nick and Moy. Please, Warlock. Please, please, Warlock. Please. <laughs> I don't know. Olive has been like taking the brunt of this conversation. <laughs> I, I I think it's her that really needs to try and hammer it home with some sort of persuasion check. I could get a natural twenty DM. I could it could happen. Uh, can Oren be helping by when she talks about the town, like popping up behind her with jazz hands, saying, "Cult stuff. Get away from the cult stuff." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, go for it. Go Yay. for it. They're very good jazz hands. He's a dancer, so he can do sure them very well. <laughs> the first one was a two. Oh, God. The next one was a one. Oh, my God. What the... <laughs> the dice gods have answered. Why? I, I rolled it around, too. Like, it... oh, gosh. Uh, um, wonderful. Wonderful, but... wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a zero. Okay. <laughs> or a one, because of the advantage. <laughs> I hope we're all learning something today. <laughs> Games based on dice rolls are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we shouldn't have let Olive take the negotiation. And don't let your crocodile talk. <laughs> I seem to remember last time you negotiated something that didn't go well. <laughs> Why do I talk? <laughs> See, I, I've learned in these sessions is like if there, if there's something wildly uh, like that will probably not like happen, 
and Olive is like, hey, how about we do this? I'd be like, yeah, roll me a persuasion check. It doesn't happen. <laughs> um. <sighs> okay. Um, the Count looks and he goes, I see what you're talking about. Well, I will... I will think on your proposal. Um, however, I think I may need to find some other people to do my bidding. Um, no. I'll tell you what. You, do you mind if we have a, uh, a group huddle in private and we'll just discuss your offer? Does that work oh, for you? Oh, you're welcome to. Um, you may meet in the, the main hall if you should so choose, and I will uh, I will leave you to it. And uh, the uh, the cloud of bats comes back down from <laughs> the ceiling and uh, swirl around him and he disappears into nothingness. I definitely catch a bat this time. Okay, uh, deck, just give me a sleight of hand check. for. Oh, okay. Well, it's the deflect missiles. Use your reaction to deflect or catch the missile when hit by a ranged weapon attack. So if I step okay, into the I'm... cloud of bats and one hits me, I can just... <laughs> Just open your mouth, fly in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, you, you'd have to basically, ju- yeah, just stick your hand out and wait I for one that. to fly into it. Do they fly close to the snakes? Probably not. It's it's quite a tight circle. Maybe okay. a, like f- five feet from end to end, just round him and up. Because it did occur so, to me that reach. bats look like small rats, and I have snakes for hair, so um, <laughs> <laughs> that could have right, gone guess. very poorly. <laughs> Let's um, let's go out here and discuss this. Right, there's right. two ways. We can, there's a few ways we can go. There's a few ways we can go about this. The way I see it, we can either take the count up on his offer, and maybe we get a reward, or maybe we have to fight him either way. We could help the villagers out for a guaranteed reward, and if you think about it, if we kill the count, we pretty much have our run of the place. So instead of him, you know, paying us, we could just take whatever we want. Just throwing that out there. But hear me out. Or in kind of like, he looks kind of embarrassed to be suggesting this, but he's like, private funding from a donor for anything we want to do if we help this man out. And we're not a part of the cult stuff. Cade mentions, well, the donor is into slavery. But I see your point. Well, I mean, you could be your own donor if, as Cade proposed, we kill the Count and take everything in this castle from him. I feel like killing the Count is a bad choice. Because... I... Or, last last, uh, last option, we kill them all. and then burn the place down and walk away from all the riches as they burn exactly these are many options that we have before us we could also like leave and report this to like is there a council on genocide that we could be like there's one gonna happen like could we something i uh kay just has like the little you see the ding go off how do we get home um. Also, where are we? <laughs> um, <laughs> double um. Yeah, we don't know how the laws in this place work. Like, there, this could be all perfectly legal because, like, we don't know where we are. We could be in another country. I mean, we could be in a whole other plane of existence for all we know. Yeah, we could. So it's really just how do we feel about the ethics of this situation? You want to talk to Albrecht? 
Sure, that works. That could help us make up our mind. Who's Albrick? The brother we're here to save. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, what if we ask to see the people he's kidnapped? Because he just kidnapped the brother, so we might get a little bit more information on the ethics of his experimentation. Yeah. Um, I mean, and if he's, nothing he's, he's else, more or less told them that he's more or less told us that uh, many of them don't make it. So, yeah. well, they could just catch pneumonia. <laughs> uh, uh, pneumonia from having their selves experimented on. <laughs> I mean, I, I think seeing that might cause some opinions to be formed in this group. It's fine by me. Yeah. Do we ask the count how to find, or do yeah, we just we want wander? A tour. <laughs> yeah, do we, do we do we ask for a tour, or do we just wander around aimlessly? I do still have that bat that I ate. Um, you guys could sneak. I could charm. <laughs> yeah, you don't sneak so well. <laughs> uh... Um, how much does Cade know about vampires? You'd probably have to answer that one. How long have um, you been with the guild, Cade? For a long time. Oh yeah, you met Doctor Crud or you met Crud Junior. So if did. you've met Crud Junior, and then there's a couple vampires within the guild floating around. Elowin. Yep. So if you've been there a while, you might have at least a working knowledge. Okay, Cade um, mentions. Isn't it really difficult to charm a vampire? As in almost impossible? Yes. <laughs> I may or may not have been... There's... And he's like stumbling, but he just finally he looks at you and he's like, there's a girl I really like at the guild, and I may or may not have asked um, for some tips. Um, I could probably at least keep him entertained enough. I mean, I'm a dancer. It's fine. I will keep him entertained. Wait, who do you like? Ooh. He is not going to tell you. <laughs> Aww. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Is it tangible? She's so small and cute. Prettiest person in Nikamui. He just, like, keeps blushing because he's like, I don't want to tell you. I don't want to <gasps> tell you. Ah. <laughs> okay. Um. Count. Count Weissnacht. Wait, are we doing the yes. sneaking thing? Oh. Yeah. Have you ever seen Orin dance? You seem bored. <laughs> Seems a bit of an old question. Well, I bet you haven't seen him dance, have you? I mean, no. Oh, and then Oren's wearing this, like, too short shirt, so, like, your six-pack is showing. <laughs> hey, you never know. The count might be uh, up for that, you know? Everybody loves beautiful people. Exactly. Oren raises his hand and he says, This castle seems elegant. I would love to do a performance in your ballroom. He's just assuming there's a ballroom. He doesn't actually know if there's one. Very well. Um, come over to the, um, just into the main hall. I will, um, see you there. Wonderful. And Oren heads off. Okay, so Oren, you go into the, the main hall, uh, which is still empty. Um, and you hear the voice... Um, ringing out once again, which says, 
Oh, so sorry, little one. I can't make it. However, I do have a couple of friends here to keep you company. And you know those suits of armor I mentioned? Yeah. Earlier on. Yeah, they're gonna spring into life and walk menacingly towards Orin. And that's where we're gonna call this half of the episode. Thank you for joining us. And if you're in Quebec or some other part of French Canada or some other part of the world uh, for any reason, feel free to leave us some sort of review. Ideally five stars because, hey, why not? You only get to review once. <laughs> anyway, joining us this this half were Cade. Thank you for joining us. Olive. But... We might still work for you. Why are you fighting us with suits of armor? You remember that zero and one you rolled? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, let's see if uh, this next person follows in his mother's footsteps. We have Orin. (laughs) I might die. It's fine. (laughs) Well, we'll find out after the break. See you in a bit. We hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens podcast. Please leave us a review on iTunes.com. You can subscribe to receive new episodes through your podcast player or by visiting firebreathingkittenspodcast.com or finding us on YouTube. Can you think of someone who might enjoy this podcast? Please share it with them. We don't pay to advertise this show, so the only way we can grow is through the support of listeners like you. Thank you. You can find more adventures on Amazon.com in the bookstore, Fire Breathing Kittens, all one word, podcast. That's right, you can curl up with a good book based on one of our podcast episodes. The authors do a really great job of adapting them into fun novels. We also have official merchandise on redbubble.com. Yes, that's right. You really can own a notepad with the fire-breathing kitten logo on the front. Or one of your favorite characters. Welcome back to the Fire-Breathing Kittens podcast. I hope you're all doing well. Anyways, let's get back into it, shall we? Joining us once again are... Orin. I'm in danger. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Olive. <laughs> yeah, you are. I love the reference. <laughs> and Cade. Let's do this. Okay, Oren, you're the one particularly in danger. Care to explain to uh, the audience quickly how you got into this mess? With a, well, there's a little record scratch, and you're like, well, this is me. How did I end up here? <laughs> Well, my life's a little crazy. Um, So we got a missent package at the guild that was supposed to end up at a different guild, probably a more competent guild, um, to come and defeat a count who is wrecking havoc on this village. Well, we get to the village and um, we were welcomed by what could potentially be a cult. The jury is still technically out on that one. Um and we drank a lot, and Oren got to perform, and then we decided, hey, maybe we shouldn't just go blindly kill a guy. Let's go have a chat with him. 
which in retrospect, we could have died very quickly. Um, so we go and chat with the Count, and uh, he ha- counters offers, and he is very rich, and he feeds us. And um, he says that we should kill the villagers because they're monsters, which, out of our party, that's kind of offensive. Um <laughs> most of us are what would be considered monsters uh so now we don't know what to do so we decide to go back and try to distract and investigate and that is how my companions are hopefully investigating and finding information and orin is now facing down with some suits of armor as a very squishy sorcerer it's fine it's all fine well yeah olive and uh cade are still in the dining room as you wandered off, so they're only one room away. So I'm sure if you shouted for help, they would be able to come to your aid. However, right now, you will need to, Oren, roll me some initiative. Yeah. Yeah. 16. Okay. And. Ooh, okay. Yes, you get to move first. I will write this down so I do not lose track. This is why I picked an extra bit of paper up so I could write this down because one of the last times I did ran combat, I forgot to bring some notes, so I ended up just writing on my desk. It's okay. I use pencil. <laughs> okay, Um. so the other two, Um. I, I'm assuming you're going to jump in a combat at some point, so if I could just get you to roll initiative so we don't have to... Um, do it right, uh, you know, sort it when the time comes. Um, so what's, what's going to happen? 13, was it? Mm-hmm. Okay. 23. 23 for Olive. Lovely. Man. Okay, so what is going to happen is that we will have one full, at least one full round of just Orin and the armors. There are four of them, by the way. Um... And then after that point, if you two, you know, at that point want to come rushing in because you've heard a load of clanking noises and or screaming that, I don't know, like, it's, it's like, this isn't a dance recital. <laughs> then we'll start up at the top of initiative. But as it stands, Oren, it's your move. You've got uh, four suits of armor kind of uh, equally surrounding you. Um, Moving in menacingly, swords drawn. So they're in a circle around me? Well, a square. There are four of them. Okay. But they're more or less equidistant, yeah. The reason I ask Um, is because I'm going to walk towards one corner of the square, and I'm going to cast behind me to try to, like, cut the corner off the square and put three on the other side. Wall of fire. And it stretches up to 60 feet long. So whatever the length of the room is, that's what he's aiming for. Okay, so you're boxing yourself in with one of them. Yes. And keeping the other three away. So smart. I have 36 hit points. I am going to (laughs) die. Okay, just run me through how Wall of Fire works. Okay, I have it pulled up. Um, So it's one action. The range is 120 feet. Um, and it's concentration up to a minute, you create a wall of fire on a solid surface within range. You can make the wall up to 60 feet long, 20 feet high, and one foot thick. Or I can make a ringed wall up to 20 feet in diameter, 20 feet high, and one foot thick. The wall is opaque and lasts for the duration. When the wall appears, each creature hidden within its area must make a dex saving throw. 
on um, a failed save, a creature takes 5d8 fire damage or half as much damage on a successful save. Uh, one side of the wall selected by you when you cast a spell deals 5d8 damage to each creature that ends its turn within 10 feet of that side or inside the wall. The creature takes the same damage when it enters the wall for the first time on its turn or ends its turn there. The other side of the wall deals no damage. And I'm actually going to use that. No, it's just going to be fourth level, so we're good. So it's just the 5d8. Only only 5d8? Yes. Okay, good to know. Are you boxing off the ones that are on the other side, like away from us, the toilet side? Yes. He is trying (laughs) to keep himself on the same side as the door that his party members could potentially come through while cutting three of them off. Okay, that's weirdly tactical behavior from from this group. Doesn't usually happen, folks, but here we are. Okay, you've well, cut three off. There's a, a wall of fire raging diagonally across the um, the entrance hall. However, you have had to back more or less towards one of the suits of armor who is now going to swing at you because you've um, nicely backed into his swinging zone. So... Let's hit you for... You have a plus hit to hit. Oh, oh, sorry, I just looked at what I rolled. Uh Uh-oh. 23 to hit. Oh, God, yes, because he doesn't even have armor on. Um, Yeah, that hits. Okay, Um, you will take... uh, You'll take uh, six points of slashing damage. And while we're here, make a concentration save concentration roll so that's a, just a uh, constitution isn't it um i think you've just got to roll above 10 to keep it oh no wait Constit- is it a constitution saving throw uh yes i think so without without checking it it's exactly 10 I think that sounds right exactly oh, 10 i will I, w- I will double check this because i don't want to be wrong you type concentration into D&D Beyond and it comes up with everything that has the word concentration in it apart from the one that's it. <laughs> that you need. Do you yeah. want me to read it from Roll20? Uh, if you've got it handy, yes, please. Okay. Whenever you take damage while you are concentrating on a spell, you must make a constitution saving throw to maintain your concentration. The DC equals 10 or half the damage you take, whichever number is higher. So meet it to beat it, you got a 10. Okay, good. So um, the the suit of armor swings its sword of you, um, rakes you across the shoulder, and you flinch, and the fire seems to stutter a moment, but it comes back in full force because you've only just managed to pull that one off. Um, the others are um, going to st- uh, stay within their bounds of that side of the fire because 5d8, they, I mean, they don't know it, but... Um, fairly confident even those sorts of suits of armor will know that walking through fire not necessarily the best idea melt them into ash um i'm also going to like cry out like uh help <laughs> that's a good move okay <laughs> that is all for the time being um Cade and olive you hear uh, your friend just cry out for help from the other room what do we just look My at each child. other yeah we, we just look at each other and i guess we both burst through the door yeah. Assuming he has a lock. Okay. It. Uh, no, it's not locked here. That would have been a good idea. I should have thought of that, but no, it's okay. 
No, um, you run through into the main entrance hall. You see and feel just this waft of fire. <laughs> it's like just standing straight up. Um, you see some of the curtains on one side just starting to burn a little bit. Cade, you're like, is now the time? <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. Good job, Orin. <laughs> um, although you you do um, see Orin like struggling a bit with a suit of armor, more or less behind it, like it it would if it could raise its uh, sword for another swipe. But here we are at the top of the round. Olive, it's your move, monk. I would like to run up to the suit of armor, and I feel like I've done this before. Punch it. Um, <laughs> having some experience with suits of armors. And punching them. I'm like, I've done this before. Let's do it again. So monks have uh, what's called flurry of blows. It says immediately after you take the attack, attack action on your turn, you can spend a key point to make two unarmed strikes as a bonus action. And then so I get two attacks normally, which probably both miss. So that's a 10 to hit. But then with my flurry of blows, a 13 and a 22 to hit the 22 does hit so oh you my gosh. you uh slam your uh, crocodilian fist into its its plate but you're like ow this this is a lot tougher than the other one was um <laughs> yep and then six and you tr- you try again <laughs> the same place you go <laughs> nope that is still <laughs> tough science it's about testing right <laughs> That's um, about still hard. <laughs> yeah. Let's write this down. So my hands hurt a lot. And then I, I guess I go in for a bite or something. Or like a, ta- <laughs> like just... a tail swipe. To... A tail swipe. And eventually I do six bludgeoning damage. Okay. Now it says that because I'm a way of the open hand monk, when Flurry of Blows hits, which it did, finally. Woo! <laughs> Do one of the following. So, armor, please make a strength saving throw. It will. Uh, I rolled a 17, so 19. <laughs> Nothing happens. I did not push you through the wall of fire. But I tried. It was worth a try. It was worth <laughs> a try. That's the important thing. You tried. Mm. Speaking of trying, if, you, if you're all finished with your turn, it's up to Orin. Yeah. I guess... Orin's just going to try to back away, and I know that's going to trigger an attack of opportunity, but he's trying to get out of the way so he can keep the fire up. If you use your action to take the disengage action, you can then move with no attack of opportunity. I'm going to do that. That is true. Probably a good idea, because... <laughs> yes, so I'm just going to move away and keep up the firewall. And as I'm moving, I'm pointing at the wall and saying, there's three more over there. Go hide in the toilet. The toilet's on the other side of the firewall. Oh, go (laughs) hide in the turkey. (laughs) And that's all I can do. Okay, so you've moved yourself out of range of the uh, suit of armor. That was attacking you previously. Good, good, good. Uh, We still got three on the other side. Um, But this suit of armor is going to turn around now and focus on Olive because it... It sure it felt something slamming into the back of it. Not quite sure what, um, but it's ineffectual going to... slaps. Ineffectual slaps. Oh. 
but is going to swing at you. And something I did, I misread earlier is that it does actually get two attacks. Mm. Um, so I will remember that now. So it's going to swing at Olive twice. Um, one of them was like a four or a six. Yeah, it was a six. Um, and the other one was an 18 to hit. That hits. That hits. Okay, so you will take um, another eight points of slashing damage. The temporary hit points go away first. I'm down to 58 hit points. Uh, you, you hold your uh, scaly arms up to defend yourself, and it glances off your uh, bulky forearms. Natural armor is what we like to call it. <laughs> we can call it scaly bulk if we if we need to. I know I've got a lot of bulk, but we don't have to talk about it. <laughs> um, meanwhile, the other three are more or less just glaring menacingly from the other side of the fire. They're like, why I oughta? <laughs> Good, they can die mad about it. <laughs> Cade, you're up. Um, you've got... One suit of armor that's just attacked Olive. Um, Orin is cower- more or less cowering behind you now. And we've got three suits of armor on the other side. So which one's closest to me? Uh, the one who's just attacked Olive. There's okay. only one suit of armor on your side of the firewall. So Cade raises his uh, long sword and it morphs into a wicked looking axe. And he fires um, two beams of Eldritch energy into the suit this that Olive's fighting. And he rolls in 19 to hit. Okay, um, if we're Eldritch Blasting, you're going to need to roll uh, for each beam. Each beam? Okay. Yeah. That's a bit of a pain. And 19 but... to hit. Oh, both two 19s. Excellent. Uh, both of them Oh, no, connect. wait, sorry. I got to add. That one's actually a dirty 20. Oh, that's... Even better. Still hits. But you, uh, your weapon forms into a, a sick axe and you uh, swirl it around your head. Is uh, What what color is your eldritch? Black and Magic. green. Black and green. Oh, nice. Black and green energy swirls around your head and you fling it. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking like a lacrosse stick uh, <laughs> towards the, the suit of armor where they both... Like converge on its uh, chest plate. It's like uh, so. Roll me some damage. An eight on the first beam, and a four on the second one, and then both of them get my charisma modifier, which is five. Okay, eight, eight and a four and two fives. That's twenty-two points of damage slamming right into that suit of armor. Tell you this suit of armor is not doing so hot. Her, her. But we can still, make it hotter. Still standing. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, back to the top of the round. Olive. Olive is going to try to hit with flurry of blows again. This time, not rolling a two and whatever. Um, the first one, as if to make it up to me, was a natural twenty. So I, I'm like, oh, I see. You put your fingers in between the visor, right there. <laughs> <laughs> the first two blows were a, a natural 20 and a 22, and they probably hit for 16 damage, right? Yeah, oh, tr- tr- trust me. Uh, okay, so how, the, how this works is... Can you, you roll you, a strength you, saving throw? Can I kick you into the wall of fire? 
I, I, I was going to say that anyway. Like, yay! <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't like I wouldn't even made your roll for that. So you you stick your uh, two uh, fingers up its up its visor, like and lift it off the ground. You spin it around and hurl it <laughs> into the wall of fire, where it more or less melts as it <laughs> passes through. Ow, ow, hot. And then I shake my fingers off. <laughs> okay, so we now have one wall of fire and three uh, suits of armor on the other side of it. Um, Olive, you've still got any movement or... Uh, you can still at- you can still do your flurry of blows right by um, if you move in between, right? You can, you can attack, move, attack again, right? I... Th- think so the question is do i want to jump into a wall of fire and the answer is no no i do not i think i'll stay on this side of the wall i, I mean if they cross through it they have to take 5d8 and it's a wall of fire so it looks like it'd be pretty painful to cross through that i say without metagaming and knowing about the 5d8 and i'm like oh well, how about if i just back up a little bit this way <laughs> okay so oren um, okay, so the the suits of armor are not coming through the fire, so they're not mindless. Um, so he looks behind him and he just says, cover your ears, and he drops the wall of fire, runs. Are they kind of within, like, ten feet of each other? Um, they were, um, three points of a, like, a, quite a mm-hmm. largest square, so they were maybe, like, uh, a twenty feet, like, square. So doing the math on this, you know, they're 20 feet apart from each other. And then the one, like the two at the edge of that triangle, they're, you know, hypotenusing. So I'm already in action and I'm going to ready shatter at fourth level. Um, Hence the cover your ears, y'all. And he's going to look at them and he's going to say, Nana, Nana, boo, boo, you can't catch me. And kind of take like take off 15 feet to try to get him to chase him is the wall of fire still up because shatter's not a concentration so like you can just can like, i keep both leave. up shatter's not concentration so right no it's so, not it's yeah so you, you you don't have to drop wall of fire <gasps> i can keep it yay yeah yeah the only thing stopping you from keeping that wall of fire up is if something hits you and breaks your concentration or if you want to do a different concentration spell Okay, cool. Uh, I don't play magic people often. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, okay, so then instead I'm going to keep the fire up and six, not, I'm within like 60 feet of one of them, yes? Yeah, I would have to yeah. because we haven't moved. Yeah. So in between the two of them, so they're on the outside of the 10 foot radius sphere, I'm a cast shatter at fourth level, so they need to give me a constitution saving throw and they need to beat a 17. And by the way, Shatter does not require you to see the target, so you can cast it right through your opaque wall of fire. You're a very well-built character. Um, And then also, because they are both made of inorganic inorganic material, they both have disadvantage on that saving throw. So, and that is how they both fail. (laughs) One of them I did roll a 20 on, but disadvantage, so what are you going to do? How about 20 points of damage for two of them? (laughs) And it's a loud ringing noise. Okay. Oren saw that his mom died and decided, I want to make sure I can hurt things so they don't hurt me. 
Yeah, you you end up like screaming like a banshee, and <laughs> the pain ringing is, and any lamps that are in that room, and a number of the windows all shatter as well. So there's a very strong sound of breaking glass. Oops. <laughs> Burning the place down, fun. Breaking their window, oops. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I can do. Okay. Um, at this point, um, with the windows broken, they uh, were all smudged and grimy at this point, which were a bit weird because, yeah, I mean, he, he's been in, been trapped there a year. He hasn't got around to cleaning it properly yet. Um, those windows were all like smudged and grimy, but now with them shattered, um, the like the front facing windows of the castle, they're all uh, broken. And you can just see that um, dawn is starting to appear. You can see the, the sun just rising on the, the horizon. And you can hear from a distance a lot of people like uh, shouting together and like chanting as if they're like, like, as if there's some sort of angry mob on the way. <laughs> just to put that in everyone's minds. It's now coming to morning. Anyway. It is uh, those armors turnses, and they are still—they're still on the other side of a of a big old firewall. So, unfortunately, there's not a huge amount they can do besides. I still don't just... take back the nana nana boo boo though. He definitely oh, still no. would have said why, that. Why would you? Why would you ever take back the nana nana boo boo? <laughs> um, so I think at this point, one of the suits of armor, the one who did not get hit by those, will just—I mean, they can't really run. But they will like just see Oren as like the the bane of their existence, and will like take their sword and just walk straight through the fire to try and get to you. So they're Yay. going to take. So that's that five d eight, right? Yep. <laughs> Ooh, the dice gods are smiling on me today. For now, twenty six. 33. Okay. Points of damage. Wee, that's a lot. So as the suit of armor walks through this rent, like massive wall of fire, um, it just stares straight forward. It doesn't have eyes, but you get the feeling, Oren, that its gaze is fixed upon you. So as it walks through the fire, its armor starts to like um, contort and melt um, up to a point so that Whoa. when it comes out of the other side, it's red hot and furious. <laughs> so it stomps towards you as much as it can. And with its... it's I'm going to tell you, it's got one HP left. It's basically dead. So <laughs> I, mean, I will say with its like like dying move, it swings its like molten sword directly at like Oren and we'll try and hit <laughs> shall we um Oren's 30 feet back I'm near the firewall so Oren's 60 feet away from I mean we can within... try and hit you it would have to face an opportunity attack to walk past me to get to Oren cause right cause I'm closer we'd also have to dash and... wouldn't it yeah cause it's 60 feet away so it was behind the firewall and then there's the firewall, and then there's Olive, and then the last thing Orion did was disengage and run backwards. 
Okay, let me just do some brief, brief maths because there's only a certain amount of room available. Give me a sec. Yeah. Hopefully the monk does something useful here. <laughs> that is simply being yeah. in the way. <laughs> Hopefully the monk is not going to burn their hands. That's okay. I got teeth and tail. Because I don't think any of us are healers. Oh, that's right. I have two uh, levels in paladin. Oh, okay. Oh, so nice. I can heal. Uh, I can heal a little boo boo. That's about it. <laughs> okay. So looking at the map, it's just the one I, I, I crudely drew earlier. Um, with Orin more or less um, at the door to the the dining room, um, the the wall of fire more or less goes like halfway across the entrance hall, pretty much, um, like diagonally. So if the they're on one side of it, they'd have to get over to the other side. Now they started as a maybe a twenty foot square each. Mm-hmm. So there are three of them going across. So to, if those two, if two of them got hit, then then it depends. I think feasibly, yeah, they would have to go past, or at least within five feet of of Olive, in order to try and hit. Um, uh, sorry, Oren. So so many O's. <laughs> they they get wound up. They're like yeah, cereal. Um, but if you don't mind, it, it'd be a cool visual for because it's gonna die anyway. Like let it do something cool, <laughs> and it's like. Meaningless existence. <laughs> um, I mean, okay, you can hit my friend. <laughs> It'll be fine. As it passes by, yeah. Orin probably looks at Olive and is just like, it's melting. It won't hit. It's got to pass me too. <laughs> okay. yeah, you, you, you both look at it. I think, I think maybe like Orin was like, let, let me come. Let me, you know, let me, let me try. I, mean, I can't be babysit for. For that long, but but I will tell you like this: this one is going to die like with its like trying to do this, so it's a bit of a trade-off. Uh, but it did go for a, a twenty-two to hit, so go for another. Yeah, um, that hits. Um, go for another eight points of damage. Some of that will be a bit of fire, but that's okay. Um, but uh, with but with the hit, it does like crumble to the floor, and and also um. Please, please roll me a um, uh, constitution saving throw for your concentration. It's okay. There are only two left. You're fine. It'll be fine. And it's a dirty 20 for that saving throw. Okay. So uh, you you get like hit like across the chest, but it's the, the blade is so like melty and rubbish that it's basically just a you know, a club at this point, and you just stare ahead at it as it wilts in front of you and it just melts at your feet and you're like, oh yeah, I'm a badass. Nice. And the wall of fire stays put. Orion, get in the room with the food. <laughs> I'll have no more of you being, being hit by these suits of armor. Go in the room. <laughs> <laughs> just concentrate on that wall. Maybe cast a shatter and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> How attached are we to this castle out of character real fast? Loot. I'm worried about Albrecht. I'm concerned they may still be alive and rescuable. Oh, yeah, that too. 
Okay, well, when it when, when it's my turn again, I'll do something different. <laughs> I also don't know how well stone walls burn down. Castles are usually made with stone, at least exteriors, right? So, like, our wanton arson will need to find another victim. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I would totally burn this down, but victim stone. That's fair. That's fair. There's some uninhabited houses we could definitely burn down. I love burning down uninhabited houses. True. Whose turn is it now? Oh, yeah. Uh, we're back up to the top of the round. Uh, it's Olive's go. There are two uh, very um, almost dead suits of armor on the other side of the wall. They've I think just I got seen skipped. their comrade. Did you? Oh, yes, you did. Sorry. I was looking at the, the wrong thing. Apologies. Cade. Yes, you you shout to the voices in your head. No, it's my turn. <laughs> um, can can I see the other two suits? Are they visible? No, no the wall is opaque. Ah, hmm. Doesn't say I have to see them at all, though. So uh, I'm gonna fire an eldritch blast at each one. First one's a nineteen. Nice, good god. Oh, and the next one's a ten. I don't guess a 10 hits. Uh, no, the 10 does not hit. So the one that hits takes 11 points of force damage. Okay. Okay, 11 points of damage for that one. And the, then the other one missed. Whoops. Okay, um, you blast two lots of Eldritch Blast through the fire, and you hear a, a clanking noise on the other side. Well, so you know, at least one of them did hit. Oh, I got at least one. Okay, got at least one. And now we are actually now we're back to the top of the round with Olive, which I think it may just be shouting, um, like cheerleading for for the magic users here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watch as the black and green eldritch blast shoots into the wall of fire, and I got fists. So I'm like. You go, guys! Yeah! <laughs> and then I ready a flurry of blows. If anything emerges from that wall of fire that is hostile towards me or my companions, I will punch it. I end my turn. Okay, well, trust me, if anything comes walking out, it's not coming out alive. Okay, Oren, I reckon you can finish this off. Yeah, it's for sure not going to be alive after this. Um... I'm like, I'll protect you. And then you're like, I'm going to kill all the enemies. And I was like, I got you, little boy. And you're like, I killed all of them. And you, I'm like, you're so cute. You're seven feet tall with snake hair. <laughs> and like super like muscular because I'm a dancer. Like, yeah. Um, so I'm a cast fireball on the other side of the wall. Um <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Um, so they need to do a deck save. Fireball is okay. limited by visibility, by the way. Is it? Yeah. Well, you can probably drop the um, drop the firewall and eat your fireball. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I drop the fireball and then I point a finger and I just go whoosh. Wait, it's okay. not. You don't have to see in fireball. Oh, gosh, darn it. Well, my tunnel fireballs would have been way more... Cool then. <laughs> I mean, yeah. either either way, they could like appear out of the wall of fire as it's coming down, or the one yeah. boom. 
What did he get on his deck save? Um, I don't think it matters. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they, they still get like half uh, damage on the on a successful save, right? Yes. So otherwise it's what? Is it 66 or 8d6? It is 8d6. Oh my goodness. And I actually rolled two short, so I need to roll two more. So um, if they fail, that's 25 points of damage. And the curtains are burned. <laughs> and if they succeed, it's 13, because we round up. Round it down in d and I don't, I don't want to. I'm going to round up. <laughs> just because like the one of them has the highest HP is 13, so I'm just going to go, yoink. <laughs> Basic math says round up. I'm going to go maths. Do they melt into piles? Oh, uh, well, I mean, it's a fire blast. They would have to explode, surely. That works, too. <laughs> um, we'll say we say a half melt, half explode. It's a melt-splode as you send chunks of um, red-hot um, armor flying all over the entrance hall. Um, so at least four more sets of curtains are now on fire. Um it does seem to be manageable, though. I think it'll, um, you know, put itself out in time. However, this, this, uh, oh yeah, uh, did the wall of fire stay up, or mm. did you, you drop it? And I'll say I dropped it and like shot the fireball as it was dropping. Yeah, in a so dramatic you could say way. something cool. But yeah. Okay, so there's like this line of scorch going from one side of the entrance hall to the other, and uh, the windows are smashed or the lamps are smashed. <laughs> the curtains are on fire, and yeah, I think this is about right for for a regular adventure, isn't it? Um, however, at this point, um, the villagers have made it to. We can give 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 me some creative time management here. Uh, once everything's dropped and you've been able to like uh, gather your breath a bit, um, the villagers have you know made it to the bridge, um, which you know moved you know, across uh, the, the gap to the, the front of the castle. Um, but all the gargoyles which were on the bridge are now not on the bridge. They're very much above the bridge and attacking the villagers. While um, we're watching this spectacle, Cade walks up and uh, gives Oren a lay on hands, healing 10 damage. Yay. Because that's all they can heal. <laughs> That is one third of my hit points, so that is great. Cool, cool, cool. Well, we are now out of combat. Um, we have some villagers getting attacked by gargoyles, but that that can wait. If you want, you've got a castle to uh, go and explore, should you so wish. Um, or, you know, we, we've still got um, a, a count who's tried to, uh, you know, try to get rid of you now. So that... Uh, has that soured your relationship at all, or is it worth saving? Olive would like to throw the door to the castle open and lower the bridge for them. Mm. But what do you guys think? Let them suffer. They made their choices. Mm. Well, I think they can take the few gargoyles. I say if we maybe if we kill the count, the gargoyles will just, you know, stop. Olive looks wistfully at the villagers being attacked by gargoyles, and her friends take her elbow and steer her into the castle. <laughs> uh, Oren raises his hand again. He is utterly convinced this is what, like triggers the magical intercom system, and um, <laughs> that he is 
pretty sure is in place, even though he's probably wrong. Um, and he goes, yo, old rich dude, don't do that again. A, B, your curtains sucked, so I burned them. And C, <laughs> where are the prisoners and come face us like a man? <laughs> My destruction was a comment on your fashion choices. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you don't get any answer from that. Um, I think it was too much of a burn. <laughs> just teenage angst all yeah triggered um well shall we check i mean dungeons right that's kind of where they hold people in general we go to the dungeon or do we go after the count hmm. if we get rid of him i mean the guy in the dungeon i mean he's not going to be you know anymore in a dungeon <laughs> if we get the guy out of the dungeon we can just destroy the whole castle Yes, but all the shinies. Ah, all the shinies. Well, then, I guess, yeah, you've whittled it down to us, defeating the Count. So, is there a reason why we're not letting ourselves have backup? Okay, all right, let's go. Get the Count. I'm more concerned the villagers will trigger more traps. But Orin mostly doesn't want to deal with cult stuff endgame. So, player is like, (laughs) "Mm, they're going to trigger stuff. Orin is like, it's a cult. They'll be fine. And I guess the less we talk to them, the less likely they are to find out that we're not the Sanguinous Guild. That's a good point. And, to be fair, we did debate on killing them all. We discussed that. Briefly. We did discuss that. So, yes. um, just saying, if they all happen to die... Oh my gosh. It's not by our hand. <laughs> we didn't do it. And, you know, maybe we get double paid. Who knows? paid at all because the villagers are just paying the sanguinous guild we're doing their work for them well we can go do some thievery oh gosh all right let's go kill this count and steal some stuff so we get paid (laughs) fingers crossed he has a uh, teleportation system set up somewhere oh yeah otherwise we can just take this castle right like rule it you know shoot those sheep they have been maltended olive would love it around here with all the mud yeah, I don't know all the all the like the broken windows and uh, burned curtains. That's got to lower the house price a bit. <laughs> well, those needed to go anyway. <laughs> they were ugly, remember? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you probably need you probably need to fit a new bathroom anyway, just because it's a nice thing to do. Um, <laughs> and it won't have a trench in it. <laughs> yeah, that well, it may do. <laughs> um, we're off to find the count. The wonderful Count of Vincenacht. <laughs> I'll tell you what it means later. I guess climb the stairs. That's where Orin's going. That's his best guess. Up high. Yeah, we're climbing the stairs. Okay, you go up to the next floor where there is a distinct lack of scorch marks. <laughs> not for long. Um, <laughs> not for long. Um. So this um, is, if you can imagine, sort of more of a, a mezzanine level. So there's like a, a sort of like a balcony that skirts the edge of the um, the lower level. So you can like lean over and look down into um, the main entranceway. So it's like a, a double level entranceway, effectively. Um, but this walkway, um, um, like straight ahead of you, um, if you like, there's a set of doors. If you have a quick peep your head in, it seems to be some sort of a mixture of like a study slash uh, living room. 
uh, there's like a, there's a big fireplace in there. There's a bookcase with some uh, chairs. There's a there's a nice billiards table, and there seems to be like a model of the castle, like a, a small model of it. Um, meanwhile, um, looking at either like either end, so straight out of you, you have this um, like study living room, and then to the left and to the right. Um, if you like, have a have a quick wander around. There are there are a couple more suits of armor, but none of them attacked you just yet. Um, there are a couple of um, bedrooms, like one at one at either either side. So there's like the master bedroom, and then there's like a, a guest bedroom slash walk in closet. But no count, no count that you can see. Where did all those bats come from earlier? Uh, there was a, like a grate in the ceiling. I look for a grate in the second floor. Um, you cannot find one. You're like hunting around, hunting around the floor. No grate that you can spy. Hey guys. Yes. We should follow the bat cloud to the third level, probably. Right. Mm. Oh, there, there's yeah. there's no extra staircase you can see. It was just that floor and this floor. Is there like a ladder to a roof? Um, uh, I'll go for Cade. Just give me a quick history check. Rolled an 18, but I think my history is pretty terrible. Yeah, oh, so it's okay. a seven, 17. <laughs> that's okay. Um, you, you're like, uh, walking around these rooms going, well, if there's no great, then they can't go up. But then you, you think about how long the dining room was, where the great was, and you go into the, like the the guest bedroom or walk-in closet. There are a lot of capes hanging on uh, rails. You you look at the length of that room, and then look, um, then wander out back into the study, and you're like, something doesn't add up. And then you think of something you thought when you were going to take a number two earlier, and you were like, hang on, maybe just yeah. maybe, yeah. Maybe there's some trap doors, you know? Castles always have those. I'd like to, uh... Cade walks over to the model of the castle and starts to give it a good glance over to see if it's an actual scale model, like a um, an architectural model. Okay, give me an investigation check. Ooh. That's gonna be a good one. Uh, oh, 30-20. Okay. So you have a look at this, and sure enough, it does seem to be a scale model of the castle. You see the, you know, the ramparts in the right place. There's some, uh, you know, uh, some turrets. You see a tower on the side, which you remember seeing from the other, from the outside. And you're like, hang on, there are just rooms here. We we can't find any way to get into any sort of tower. Hmm. It's because we're not bats. <laughs> there's got to be a trap <laughs> lever somewhere. Let's let's fan out and see what we can find. There's got to be a way up to the tower. That's got to be where he's hiding. But while we're um, doing that, let's also, you know, maybe look for any valuables. You know, just because. <laughs> As we're perusing the area, do we find anything of interest? Yeah. Everyone give me um perception or investigation check. Your choice. Um... I'm going to go with Perception, because that's a 19. Four. Perception, 25 for Mal. Good God. Nice. <laughs> okay. 
Okay, um, Orin, you have a wander around. Can I steal a cape? You can totally steal a cape, yeah. There's even one in your size. It's um, it's marked extra large. Nice. But it does have pockets. <gasps> Yay! And all of a Kicks sudden, you're off. cursed. <laughs> <laughs> He's already cursed into being a Medusa, so what's one more? Um, however, in the bottom of... Actually, no. In in one of those self-same pockets, you do find some like um, old... They seem to be lab notes, but you can't make head nor tail of them. I hold them up to Olive and... Um, my brain just broke. Cade. Olive and Cade. Uh, and I'm like, look, I found notes. I don't know what they say, but I found notes. Do you guys want to look? <laughs> the sorcerer, the warlock, and the monk... We're just like, I punch things. I get my power as a gift. And my power just comes to me. Are all like, what is studying? <laughs> yeah, what? Um, do any of us recognize the writing? Um, well, it's in English. Well, or common anyway. Oh. But it's uh, just like technical language, you know. Um, so I think the most um, you'd be able to get out of it uh, being... Not o- not an overly intelligent party, all things considered. <laughs> um, it more or less says that is there. There's like kind of a load of different um, seems to be like chemical formulas um, on it, and then just some notes at the bottom. It says like new experiments successful, uh, correct blood mix created. That's the, that's the most you can get out of that one. But the other two. You rolled your own checks. Um, we'll go for Olive uh, now. You're hunting around um, in the on the like the mezzanine level, look like peering over, um, like even like checking out the the suits of armor because you're like, I'm starting to get trust issues with these guys. Um, so you're like giving giving one a poke and like um, <laughs> jiggling its sword around, seeing if it can come out. But then it goes clonk. And it starts to like rotate itself to open some sort of secret door, um, which goes towards um, like you know it to be like above the the above the latrine area, so the opposite side of the castle from where the bats went up. So you're thinking maybe not the tower, but some other fancy secret that I've discovered. So in this room, there's a there's a tiny little um, walkway in between the rooms. It's like you you know within the walls. Like this room has been sealed off purposefully, and you poke your head around, and a very odd sight uh, catches your eyes because in this room it's just a a blank square room. Um, there is some light coming in from outside from a window. Um, there are sh- there's a couple of shelves just lining the walls. Um, on which stand around 20 large ornamental snow globes. Person-sized snow globes? No, like- no, not not that big. Maybe about... Okay. Like, I don't know how big they normally are. Maybe, yeah, about just shy of a foot across. Ah, basketball-sized snow globes. Yeah, they're very, uh, like, detailed and ornamental. And you think... Oh, maybe expensive. Probably if they've been hidden away this long. 
Oh, shiny. Hmm. But I will tell you just like out of universe, um, if you, you nab this lot and sold them to uh, to the right collector, you would get around 2,000 gold for the whole collection. Nice. Oh, I'm so glad we didn't burn the castle down. Cade, you yeah. were right. I usually am. <laughs> okay, so speaking of Cade, what do you find when you're rummaging around the the living room? You've moved on from the uh, the model of the castle. You've started skirting uh, the bounds of um, the room. You come across the fireplace um, and you're uh, tapping away and you're like, um, you have a look underneath the, was it the rim? It's not the rim. It's like the mantelpiece. You look, have a look under underneath the mantelpiece. The fire is still uh, raging, so you're careful a little bit, I guess, maybe. Are you careful when you stick your head into a firecade? Hmm. <laughs> I would assume so. Okay. So you carefully stick your head into the fire to see some sort of um, handle, like a, a like a bell pull inside the fireplace, like up the chimney. Like within arm's reach? Yeah. You reckon you could pull it? Okay. Um. Yeah, I reach in and give it a good pull. Okay, while we're doing that, um, give me a quick constitution saving throw, because that thing is hot. Yeah. Uh, that's 12 plus... So 14. Okay. Um, uh, you you pull it, and you bring your hand away, and your, like, your uh, palm is pretty burned, um, so please take uh, six fire damage. All right. As your hand starts to not quite charred, but it's definitely going to blister in a couple of hours. It's pretty red raw. However, the fruits of your labor mean that you hear a, a clonking noise to your left and you see those bookcases sliding apart to reveal a secret door. Woo. I knew it. And then uh, if you... Poking your head through that door, you see a grate on the floor. And you're like, yes. I see how he got from this room to the one below, but I don't know, still don't know where he is. Okay, oh yeah, I should probably mention, within that room, there is like a spiral staircase going upwards. Ah. Important thing that to mention. That would make sense. Yeah, you know. It's easy to miss, you know, just a big staircase. Yeah. Well, no you're big looking deal. at the floor first, aren't you? It's quite easy to miss a big staircase. <laughs> We've all been there. Um... So I'd shout to my party, hey, uh, I think I found a way up. Should we charge? Charge! With pleasure. Also, there's like 2,000 gold worth of fancy snow globes back there. I think he really likes snow globes. And we... Those are really large. How are we going to get him out of here? Well, we'll kill the guy first, and then he probably has a wagon or something we could use. Okay, I'm down. I'm going to take one with me. Let's carry a big, heavy basketball-sized snow globe around. Yes, I am carrying one basketball-sized snow globe with me up the, the, up the tower staircase. You know, if you drop it, it's no longer a collection. <laughs> I wonder what the look on his face will be when I do that. Just smash <laughs> it in front of him. It's the first thing we've found that he cares about, so... Um, Cade's gonna push up since 
he's already in the room and everything. He's going to go ahead and push up the stairs first, um, just in case, checking for traps and any kind of odds and ends going up the old staircase. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, there are no traps, but there is also no safety rail, so just you know, be careful. I mean, you, can you count that as a trap? No safety rail. Uh, I mean, yeah. Definitely a hazard. Are you drunk? I haven't <laughs> drank in quite a while, so I don't think so. I'll I'll hold on to the wall as we uh slowly make our way up to the top. Okay, so we've 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 hit secret we've hit secret rooms. That's one of Cade's like yes please old castle things. We're about to hit another one as the um the staircase stops and it turns into a ladder which leads up to a trapdoor. Wahaha. Let's do it. There's two off his bucket list. So Cade just slings open the trap door and leaps through. Okay, so stealth is completely out to lunch. Got it. Oh, yeah, that was a bad idea. You 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 can you can go in stealthily if you would prefer. Or you can just go, "Whoa, I'm here." <laughs> uh, I feel like going in stealthily would be out of character to be honest. Fair enough. Well, got got to uh recognize <laughs> recognize uh you're role playing. That's the word. What, what we do? What, what do we do on a tabletop role playing podcast? What, what's that word? <laughs> role play. That's it. Um, so I will. Yeah, commitment. I'll I'll give you um, inspiration for that if you want. Oh, thank you. We, we I've I basically never come across inspiration like as part of this, but you know, sacrificing stealth in terms of char- for character stuff, I think that's worth it. So that will allow you to. Um, give yourself advantage on a roll we tend to use it for like re-rolling a rubbish roll so we'll go for that as well if you want one of those yeah that works okay so you sling open the trap door and burst through um in a quick second you can spot that this definitely seems to be some sort of lab um so um it's a it's a circular room um lining the walls are tables with like bubbling flasks and uh, weird barrels full of mush. There's, you know, glass jars containing old specimens and herbs and, you know, all, all well, like weird things in goo. You know, all the things you'd expect some sort of like um, medieval scientist to have. Um, up, at, up against um, like the far side, so the furthest away from you as you could possibly get up against a window um, is the back of the count, soon to be the front because you've burst out quite loudly but he's been working on something meanwhile on a a gurney um just off to one side lies uh, strapped down um a figure who looks very much like um Bernhold who you met earlier just without the beard however as you burst through the trap door um uh, the count turns to look at you and goes ah i thought you might be joining us welcome welcome is it just you or are your friends here too? It's just you and me. Okay. Um, that sounds like you a see so- Orin like wilt. <laughs> oh. I was, I was because kidding. that gives my friends chances. That gives my friends chances to be sneaky. <laughs> okay. Orin um, is just staying at the top of the stairs. All right. Uh, just give me a quick deception check because, I mean, your friends are like beneath you, but not that far. Oh sure. Go ahead and tell you, I got plus eight in deception. I rolled a 12, but I've got plus eight, so 30, 20. 
He's like, oh, very well. Um, it's a shame they were not able to meet meet us. I'm doing kind of going a bit more German with this one. Oh, who knew? He's like, come in, come in. Um, close the trap door. There's a horrible draft. Uh, no, that's okay. Never know if I might need to take the door again. What is going on up here? Well, as you can see, I'm just merely doing some experiments. And um, Albrecht on the, the table just is, is, is conscious. Um, and he's like, you'll never get away with this. <laughs> he, uh, he doesn't seem to be enjoying himself. What kind of experiments are you doing? Well, she's um, nothing of any of um, your concern, I'm sure. If you've um, come to um, rescind, rethink your offer even, then you may be interested in um, killing this one and just seeing how things go. Let me put it a different way. Tell me what kind of experiments you're doing or I'm going to burn this lab to the ground. You might be hard to hit, but the stuff standing around sure isn't. Okay, um, hit me with an intimidation check. I believe those exist. Got plus eight on that too. I'm so glad we have a warlock in the party. <laughs> it's going much better than if I had said this. <laughs> Rolled an 11, so that's a 19. Okay, he, um, he looks around him, sees a lot of very potentially explosive flasks and goes, just says, I like you. You've got um, a certain quality, which we, I, you know, I, I can appreciate. Very well, very well. If you would like to um, witness um, this experiment, then we could, then I will quite gladly show you what's going on. Um, so he, he walks over to the table with Albrecht on and um, picks up a syringe from the table. He goes, now watch carefully. See, what we have here is um, your Kumna Garden mongrel werewolf. So, what I've been... See, I really want to go back to like the, the like Transylvania. I, I know I'm pushing for the, my own accent, so hang on. I, hang on, give me, let me do the laugh. Mwah, ah, ah, ah. Yes, that'll put me back. There we go. I said I have the weirdest trick of words. Here we go. <laughs> so, what we have here is your Kumna Garden werewolf. But with this blood mixture I've created, I should be able to fuse the genomes of the vampire and the werewolf together to create something stronger, something much more deadly. And he moves his hand over towards um, Albrecht with the syringe and giving you an opportunity, should you so wish, yeah, like, he, a quick, like a yeah, quick time event, if you want to yeah, battle it. Uh, Cade immediately raises his axe and says, Stop! Why would you even want something more powerful? And what well, if you it's... couldn't control it? It could just come up and rip you to shreds right now. Well, it's welcome to try. Let's just put it that way. No, I don't think you are. Put it down. I kind of want Albrecht to be more powerful, though. We're going to have to kill this guy. Why not have a more powerful ally? Yeah, but what if we also have to kill Albrecht? I, I doubt that I've failed a charisma saving throw against Albrecht so far. <laughs> yeah, but this guy wouldn't be creating something that would fight against him. He's gonna be cray-cray. He's probably using his own vampire blood in the thing to keep it, you know, under his control. All right, hey, I'm in the hallway. You do what you want. But Olive would see this through. 
<laughs> but Cade is in charge. But it could kill the guy. Cade, do what you want. No, Cade wants to save the guy. The guy might not make it through the experiment. And plus, he doesn't want to make all the villagers mad now that he knows they're all werewolves. So, uh, yeah, Cade demands that he uh, put the syringe down. Okay, uh, just hit me with another quick intimidation check. See how this goes. Ooh. 14. I always forget I have plus 8. Oh, so is that 14 plus 8? No, it's 14 total. Oh, just 14 total. Okay. Um, He stares at you in the eyes and just says, Well, we shall see. And stabs the needle into Albrecht's arm. And almost immediately... Um, Albrecht begins like writhing and twitching and um, his fur starts to like involuntarily um, sprout but he also um, his snout begins to elongate even more than it normally would as a werewolf and he starts to get vampiric fangs growing and also um, his skin becomes a lot more leathery so this is some sort of weird hybridized vampire werewolf. Um, Olive like, bursts in the door. I say Olive and Orin are probably bursting in. We'll save you, Albrecht. Hey, I've got a charisma of negative one, so I'm trying to get this guy on my side. But uh, <laughs> Orin, if you want to like help, what do you um, say to to convince Albrecht we came here to save him? I mean, so far. We've done a great job with our warlock being like, don't stab him. Gotta love that. Can we Can we do the censure? How do we get Albrecht on our side? Orin was just going to cast Dominate Person on him. <laughs> because then he would have to be on our side and then we can deal with the ramifications later. <laughs> okay, well, you want to see um, if he's already there? Do we need to dominate him? Orin doesn't want to take any chances. <laughs> Oh, dang. I... Orin, you're very strong and well-built. <laughs> <laughs> At the moment, he's, like, um, like visibly writhing in pain as he tries to, like, get out of his bonds, which will happen more or less on his turn. Now we're hitting initiative. Initiative. Olive is holding a snow globe. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Good noises from everyone. (laughs) Eleven. You guys aren't embracing the low rolls like I am. (laughs) Seven. I am very squishy. I like to hit things first. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so also just to clarify, Olive is standing in front of Orin and is holding a snow globe. Okay, uh, Cade, what was yours? Fifteen. Fifteen, okay. Alrighty, righty, righty, righty. So, with all this confusion, it's the Count's turn first. And so, um, Olive is standing in front of Orin, uh, whereas uh, Cade is more or less next to uh, the Count. Okay, um, what the Count is going to do is move around the the gurney, so onto the other side, so still technically within melee range of Cade. And more or less um, ought to be able to line you up because it's quite a, it's quite a small room. So I'm so what he's going to do is 
swirl his hands around, uh, chanting as electrical sparks fly in between his fingers. And straight, because you're in a nice, nice, easy line for him, um, I'm going to need everyone to make a dexterity saving throw for me, for he is lightning bolting you. Fifteen. Fifteen, also. Twelve. Fifteen, fifteen, and twelve. Let me find. Okay. Can you please let me know if I succeed or fail? I, I certainly will, because I know that you take half if you succeed and none if you fail. No, the other way around. None if you uh. succeed, half if you <laughs> fail. That's the one. Hey, I, I got it so backwards. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, um, everyone fails. Ah, uh, well. So, Olive, you take half, which will be... Sorry, you, you see, see my face. That's That's nasty. Okay, um, everyone apart from Olive takes 20 points of lightning damage. Olive, Ooh. you take 10 because you succeeded. Down to 48 oh, Hang on, you, sorry, 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 you failed, so you take half. <laughs> right, right. Okay. Down to 48 The numbers are correct. And... <laughs> okay. Can the snow globe <laughs> that I'm holding in my hand explode? Yeah, sure, why not? Okay. Um, are you still up, Oren? Yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, no. All right. Can I free action talk to the Count? Um, yeah. Weissnacht, you just exploded one of your snow globes. What are you doing? Um, you're not going to like me for this. Instead of, like, a, a persuasion or deception, just give me a charisma roll. It's all the same number, my friend. Charisma, negative one. Persuasion, negative one. Deception, negative one. Oh. And I rolled a four on the dice. So that's a three. <laughs> so, he, so he says, I can get others. True, they're expensive, but he can get more. Okay, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's his turn up. Yeah, so next up is, whoops, I'm looking at the wrong, wrong one. It is Cade. Um, so as a bonus action, I'm going to cast Searing Smite. Wait, am I within melee range? I'm going to assume uh, I am since yes. it's a tiny room. As a bonus action, I'm going to cast Searing Smite. And I'm going to swing, and if I hit, I'm also going to hit him with Divine Smite. Yes. And depending on how my roll goes, I would like to use my Inspiration on this hit. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that was a 12. So. Uh, that will not hit, no. Yeah, let me give it another roll. Does an 18 hit? It does. No, I'm sorry, 19. Yes. Also, yes. Okay. So give me a little while to calculate this because this is a oh, lot of damage. That's okay. I will describe it as, as you're calculating. So you like pray to whichever God. You talk to the voices in your head and you're like, guys, <laughs> I, could, I, could, I could do with a hand here. Um, so you feel your... Um, it's been a while since you did any paladin level stuff. You've mostly been focused on your on warlocking recently, but you feel like the vestiges of your um, godly influence flowing into your weapon, and you're like, "Boy, this is going to be a big one." So you start swinging it round, uh, <laughs> like you're winding up your shot, um, and then you start swinging straight for it. He ducks, 
but then you keep going around and do a full 360 spin <laughs> and you smack him again on the on the other way because he really wasn't oh, expecting uh, that vampires count as undead too correct um vampires he yes. okay that's an extra d8 and that's an eight and then so that's weapon one two two okay and then the damage from searing smite uh and it's going to be cast as a fourth level spell. Um, so it deals an extra 1d6. Causes the target to ignite in flames. He takes 50 points of damage. Some of that is radiant damage. And he's also on fire. <laughs> and he must make a... Um, at the start of each of its turn, until the spell ends, it must make a constitution saving throw. On a failed save, it takes another 1d6. Okay, I will say, though, that um, the radiant damage does not do extra. He does not take extra damage from radiant? He does not. Oh, oh I thought vampires were weak to radiant. Vampires are, yeah. Is this guy not a vampire? <sighs> DM's nope. shaking his head no. I don't know, but he's this guy's been smacked and he's on fire. It's a good thing you said that, too, because I actually didn't calculate the added radiant damage. <laughs> Whoa, do you, like, let Olive in on that he's not a vampire? Um, I don't think I would know that he's not a vampire. If your blade doesn't sizzle into his flesh like it should. My blade's on fire. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's definitely. I mean, I don't know. Sizzle, that, that's but, a that's a question uh, for the DM, really. Um, it depends on how much vampire you've hunting you've done in the past. Not a lot. So I'd say that um, you don't know for sure that he's actually not a vampire. Um, it's just like the vampires you have hit, like in that same sort of method, have started to like um, flake a bit more around the edges, but. It's also on fire, so can you really tell? True. It's like you you see something a bit off about the like the the marks you've left, but you're not quite sure what. Gotcha. But that's still a whack of like damage. Two smites added together plus my uh Oh, wait a second. I also have Uh <laughs> I'm sorry, add one damage to it. Because I have improved packed weapon. Oh no, not one more damage added. <laughs> yeah, on the, oh no, the not other, one like, more. 50. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, the count visibly recoils because he's just being whacked like like nobody's business. So he staggers a bit and is like, You little peasant. Says the guy on fire. Yeah, says the guy on fire. Okay. Um. Yeah, that ends my turn. And then your turn, Olive. You're up. I tried to talk to this guy. I tried to find out something that he could do instead of killing everybody. Like, he could come hang out with us in our guild and we could drink. I tried to find something valuable to him. The snow globes. I think I'm just gonna hit him. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna hit him. So, Olive runs up and, with an 18 to hit, her left fist smashes into his right cheek for 8 damage. With a 22 to hit, her right fist smashes into his left cheek for 9 damage. 
She swings low and does a tail sweeping attack for a 22 to hit for 7 damage, and then double tail attacks for an 18 to hit for 5 more damage for 28 total damage, and please make a dexterity saving throw or be knocked prone by my tail sweeping attack, which is flurry of blows. Okay, well, I rolled a um, 4. Well, okay, okay, with dex modifier, a 6. <laughs> you are prone, which means that attacks from far away, like the Eldritch Blast, might have disadvantage, but attacks from me in melee against you will have advantage. And I think there's something about auto crits, but I don't remember blah, blah, blah. I haven't actually knocked anybody prone, so I'm going to look that up before your next turn. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I'd like to stand over you as a five foot ten, 235-pound bipedal crocodile and say, peasant lives and noble lives, vampire lives and werewolf lives all matter. You can't just kill people. They have consequences. Actions have consequences. I'm going to look up prone now. I end my turn. Okay. Sorry, hang on. Made a slight mistake in the order. It's Albrecht now. Um, so he's been writhing around on this gurney, like trying to like break free of his um, restraints. And now that suddenly happens and this giant werewolf vampire hybrid just leaps onto his feet. And let's say he just goes a bit mad. So question is, who's closest? I think it's Cade because the Count's been like knocked over. Olive standing overneath him. Overneath? That's not a word. Olive standing over him. But Cade is like um is still stood by th that same gurney. So Cade is gonna get whacked at by big old vampire. Now I've got to do a little bit of switching around in the old um manual, so let's Okay, Cade, you're gonna get two hits flying your way. One scratch, one bite. Um the All scratch right. does uh I'm assuming I, I I don't think a fifteen hits you, but Nope. No, so it it tries to claw at you, um, only scraping along whatever uh, whatever armor you've got. Obviously, it's not quite used to having these extra talons. However, it's very well versed in its uh, usage of bite, which was an uh, an unnatural twenty, which I believe hits. Just barely hits. What happened to the whole dominate person? Didn't that? Um, I didn't actually has, has... do it. Oh. Okay. Uh, we were just yeah, we were just discussing whether it was a possibility. We decided it was, but hasn't been Oren's turn yet. Mm. So, so how um, much does that bite do? You're you're gonna get bit for um, twelve piercing damage, and also right. make me a Constitution saving throw. Sure. Uh it's a good one. Seventeen. No. Yes. Okay. You're clear. Cool. Um, I will just say now that he's hit me. We'll just say getting bitten by a werewolf. Dangerous business. Yeah. So now that he's hit me, um, I'm going to use a reaction after taking damage to cast. Where is it at? <sighs> Sorry, I got to find the spell. Um, Hellish rebuke, I believe it's called. Yes, Hellish rebuke. Um, I point my finger at him. 
And he has to make a dexterity saving throw. Gladly. Oof. Um, unnatural 20. 19 plus 1. Ah, that succeeds. So he's going to take half damage. Um, this is going to be as a fourth level. So it's 4 d10s. 20 damage. So he takes 10. All right, great. Okay, now we're up to Oren. Oren steps in front of um, Olive, looks at the count, and says, That was a neat trick. I can do that too. And shoots lightning at him. <laughs> so he needs to do a deck save. Okay, uh, I miss you. Prone should have disadvantage on that. Oh, yeah, I looked that up. Prone. A prone creature's only movement option is to crawl, unless it stands up and thereby ends the condition. The creature has disadvantage on attack rolls. An attack roll against the creature has advantage if the attacker is within five feet of the creature, otherwise the attack roll has disadvantage. Yeah, that's okay. Um, however, Olive is a little bit standing, like, like over the counter. Yeah, I want to, like, move to the side. Olive, okay, you look yeah. strong. You'll be fine. <laughs> uh, especially if I don't get hit with a were vampire. Yeah, you can look at Cade and see he's uh, looking a little winded. Yeah, that were vampire looks really strong. Do you want to dominate it? <laughs> I want to hit it with lightning. It was such a good action line. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. I won't interfere in your turn. I'm being bad. Can I still hit the count? Yeah. Did he fail? Um, his deck save yes he takes 37 points of damage what ouch what you're awesome this is is a good roll y'all i got five sixes on those (laughs) 8d6 nice those natural ones are really like coming around like karma wise aren't they (laughs) yes okay so (laughs) the count like after being summarily electrocuted is just like lying there like in shock going like you can see like the the smoke wisps of smoke just trailing (laughs) off him he's like so he's more or less you know uh wordplay not intentional but very much welcomed down for the count (laughs) um but you do still have the issue of a uh uh, a vampire werewolf to contend with. However, jumping up back to the top of the round, if you're all good, Oren, is Cade's turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm good. Um, Cade is in a bind. Uh, I do believe I only have one spell slot left. Yes. Okay. Well, um... Tech with it. I'm gonna use my last spell slot to use vampiric touch. Um, let's see. So I'm gonna make an attack roll. I get. Ooh, does a 17 hit? Um. Uh, yes, it should do. I'm just checking to see whether undead creatures, which it technically is being a vampire, um, are immune to. Necrotic damage. Oh, yeah, that'd be good to know. I didn't know if he counted as an undead because he's half werewolf. Yeah. I mean, the other half is still vampire, so... Let me have a look-see. There it is, a vampire. 
Okay, it's resistant to necrotic, but not immune. Uh, so it just takes half damage. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess we'll go with it still. Um, no, I don't want to do that, Dan, if it only takes half damage. I'll just uh, double Eldritch Blast it. Is it 15 hit? Uh, yes, it does. I guess a 16 hits too, then. So 8 plus 7. Alright, 15 damage then. Well, no. Okay, is that it for Cade? And how, how, uh, can you describe me this tower a little bit? Like, are we way up in the air or is the roof nearby? Um, it's quite a high roof. There are some rafters, um, above, uh, above you. And then above that, you do, um, have, uh, the slope of the tower roof. It's a circular, uh, room, circular tower. Um, and there's, there are, uh, windows, uh, dotted around the place. Uh, not smashed okay. yet. Gotcha. That's fine. Um, hint, hint. Maybe. Well, uh, I mean, you smashed yeah, the last that's... set, so I thought I'd just mention it. No, that's, that ends Cade's turn. Okay. Up next to Bat is Olive. Is Albrecht within, like, 15 feet of one of those windows? Um, 15 feet in meters is four and a half meters. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> Okay, I would like to, with a natural 20, a 21, a 16, and a 23, which of those hit? Um, all of them. <laughs> I would like to pow, 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 for 34 damage, and please make a strength saving throw, Albrecht. Okay, <laughs> I rolled a two, so that's a four. I would like to push Albrecht 15 feet away from me, out the window okay so you know how like in um like boxing films you have those little punch bags where you're like <laughs> feed bag uh, it's very much like that you start just to advance on him and go punch 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 and he's like always like backing up and trying to get out of the way but you keep just pounding on him and eventually like um he just gets gets to the window like looks around sees where he is and you're like you're like Look him in the eyes and you're like, yeah, I know. Boof, one more. He goes sailing out of the window. Um, <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> You'll be fine. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> it's okay. He can land in some bushes. It's only two stories up in some tower. Bye. Sorry you got transformed. <laughs> also oh, getting um, daylight also outside. He's half vampire. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Barnhold sent us. <laughs> <laughs> we saved you. <laughs> okay, so now we are, I'd say, out of combat now. So you have one um, slightly smoking, um, well, more or less a necromancer. Um, not, not dead, because I don't like uh, doing that with sentient things. Um so he's like very much just like he's twitching, he's uh, still still alive, um, but unconscious. Um, real quickly, since we're out of combat, Cade is gonna down his one potion of healing. All right. Which what is a normal potion of healing heal? Is that a D six? No. Two D four plus two. Oh, cool. Okay. Four. Three. 
As he's drinking the health potion, I turn around from the window and I say, Orin, that lightning was amazing! Thanks! And he, like, sits on the floor. He is a little rough. <laughs> Aww, you did amazing. This is your first adventure with the fire-breathing kittens. I think you're going to fit in great. Yay! And he, like, puts a thumbs up and, like... I mean, you were the first one to light things on fire, so... Well... You already fit in very well. Fire is kind of one of my things. How do you feel about capital punishment versus life in jail? Hmm. Or mob justice. Or mob justice. Yeah, Cade taps his axe and says, I know which one I prefer. We've got a vote. Orin, what's your vote? I like life in prison. Let him rot. Okay. Well then, with two votes for not the axe, let's tie him up and... Tell the mob um, that we did it, and contractually, we're not allowed to kill this guy because contracts. And but we are going to take him with us because they paid for that extra fee. That sounds like a perfect plan. Okay. While they tie him up, I'm going to look around the uh, lab and see if there's anything worth snatching in this grand um, castle that we've found no riches in so far, other than the snow globes that we snow can't get out of here. Um, there are lots of different alchemical ingredients uh, strewn throughout, so if you need any... I'm, I mean, we, we tend not to require, um, you know, alchemical stuff um, just because it's kind of boring to keep track of, but we'll, we'll just say that, you know, any, any things you previously were running low on or used with the spells you've already done, you can replenish that and have um, a load left um, for, like, future use. Gotcha. Are there chemicals, enough chemicals to make a bomb? Oh, yeah. <laughs> or and you're going to fit right in. <laughs> On my map, I did literally write explosive barrels. Uh, well, the reason I ask is Oren turns to you two and he says, okay, capital punishment, we, we put him in jail for life, right? Um, should we just explode this whole place so nobody gets any ideas? I kind of want to own a castle, but this is pretty far away from Nikamoy, probably. And it's hard to do property management with very distant properties. Can we sell it? Can we seize the castle, take the rights, you know, transfer the deed, and then sell it? Oh, we also still have a mob to deal with. Yeah, we do. You can take the explosive barrels with you, and then you can explode stuff later, because you can own them. <laughs> yeah, we should probably just sell it then, I suppose. Asset seizure has surpassed robbery loss for the first time in the United States in 2021. So, <laughs> legit, you're more likely to lose something valuable to the police seizing it than you are to someone stealing it. Let's take this castle. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, let's tie this guy up. Um, I'm not going to leave Cade with him alone. Uh, sorry, Cade. And <laughs> I'm going to tie him up securely. Yeah, DM? Okay. Bind, bind his hands. Those are dangerous for a spellcaster. You say that as like Cade's <laughs> rifling through his pockets. <laughs> and then I'm probably going to like, I see this table like ready for, I'm sure he's got some restraints on this table and stuff like that. So he's tied up. He's restrained. He's tied to his own table. You get what you create. <laughs> a little bit of the rule of three coming back at you. You put this out into the world and now you're tied up in your own table. And then let's head down to the mob, guys. Okay, you head back down to uh, the trapdoor. Um, 
back down the spiral staircase, out of the hidden bookshelf, down the uh, set of stairs. Um, all the fire has burnt itself out, um, although the curtains look awful. Um, the mob is standing there. They've managed to um, fend off the gargoyles and are now all stood uh, tactically inside the um, the entrance hall so that those of them who are more vampirically inclined do not have to stand in the sunlight. Wonderful. Um, Oren pops up and he gets their attention. Um, and he says, All right, we defeated the dude. We now own this castle. When it gets dark, you can leave. But really, you guys need to stop with the cult stuff. You guys sound like a cult. So you guys need to chill on that and just be chill in your village. And we won't have any problems. Capiche? Um, what one of them? But uh, Bernholt is like at the front of the the mob, but um, someone someone else um, from the back of it just says, "We're not a cult." <laughs> you sound like one, so you need to figure out how to not do that anymore. Maybe create a department of tourism. Start there. Well, I mean, you know, to be fair, we we've got a rightly justified um, anger towards this guy. I mean, he he did. Turn us all into, like, werewolves and vampires and such. Transformations happen. Oh, is that how you became werewolves and vampires and whatnot? And that's what you... Okay, I got it. I was... I get it now. Well, we're done. We're going to take this castle and this dude. Do you know how to get us home? Um, It's at, at that point, uh, Bunholt, who's, like, the, I, I guess, quest liaison at this point. Um... Uh, wanders up to you and goes, Oh, yes, what all we need to do is get my accent back to where it was. Skyrim belongs to the Nords. There we go. Okay, I'm Bernhold again. All we need to do is just to um, get this box and uh, because uh, I sent the, the quest uh, manifest, all I need to do is just um, tap on it because uh, in this a couple of different uh, spots just to tell the box it's a magical box that is the quest is done and they should take you back. Bernholt, how's Albrecht? He's exposed to the sunlight out back underneath the tower. Did you rescue him? Uh, he pops his head around the door like the, the front and goes, Has anyone seen Albrecht? And you get a you get a voice from uh, and they go, Oh yeah, I see him. He's very hairy. Oh yep, that's Albrecht. Alright, I'm glad that worked out. Doesn't seem to be quite dead. Yeah, maybe give him some time to get his stuff together. Yes, he's, he's probably been through a lot. But, but no, you have been, <laughs> you have sorry, been a wait, great so help. So this guy was like, okay. it's okay to kill those people because they're monsters. And he actually is the human, the only human here. And he turned the entire town into monsters, killing a large number of them in the process. I'm so <laughs> glad we killed that guy. Okay, keep going. Sorry, I, just, I finally understand the story. <laughs> What a dick. <laughs> yeah. And you wouldn't let me kill him. Oh, yeah, we didn't kill him. We tied him up. Well, that's... I'm, no, he's... he's I'm, yeah, it's poetic justice, I think. I think we should take him with us and, like, put him in jail. Let the mob have him. Could experiment on him first. Payback. Okay, so... <laughs> it's a bitch. It's going to require and... that they're going to have to testify against him to 
lock him up. But I think as long as they're willing to testify. Are you guys willing to testify against this uh, vice Asshole. <laughs> Um that, that, that's, that same guy from the back of the mob go, well, this is more of a feudal anarchistic state. I think we're okay, to be honest. Or is it anarcho-feudalistic state? <laughs> I always get those confused. I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> so you're saying you wouldn't testify against him if called to do so in a court of law? I'm just saying that around these parts, we don't put much stock in um, court systems, if you get my drift. Yeah, I see your mob. I see the angry mob. Uh, that's not good either. <laughs> he okay. just leans in and says, I think he just means that they'll believe and when we turn him in, they'll just believe us. Because the guy is a necromancer. Oh, yeah, we have the truth spell in this world, so we probably don't need people to testify. Just skip that. I've got a truth axe, too, so... <laughs> We're taking this him with us. This is my axe. Name is truth. Exactly. You want him to tell the truth. I call this my truth axe. He'll tell the truth. Are you guys good aligned? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, either way, um, Bernhold uh, looks you up and down and goes, "Well, brothers and sisters." What did I tell you? The Sanguinista Guild has pulled through once again. They finally rid us of the scourge of Count Weissnacht. And we can not possibly repay you all that we would wish to. You'll have to do with the, the you know, the, the money we already prepaid for it. But let's face it. This guy was rich. You can get anything you want here. Oh, yeah. We own his house. That's fine. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, in this case, like, possession is, you know, not even nine-tenths. It's the whole law. No, this is asset seizure, asset forfeiture. Like, genuinely, this castle was involved in a crime. The grounds need to be, you know, seized. (laughs) 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 And maybe, uh, maybe sanctified as well. That just sounds like legal robbery, but... It is. It is legal <laughs> robbery. Seriously, if you get arrested and you have ten grand in cash on you, that ten grand goes to the cops. Mm-hmm. Well, if you get arrested and you have a castle, and you were using that castle to turn people into werewolves and to commit crimes, <laughs> granted, the cops don't usually light people on fire. Wonderful. Orin is ready to go home. <laughs> and with that, we've all learned. A lot of different lessons today, I think. Um, Oren has learned that he's a secret badass. Um, Oliver's learned that not all suits of armor are weak in the same places. And Cade has learned something, I'm sure, not to, oh yeah, not to stick his head down toilets. Oh yeah, that was a good lesson. Always a good lesson to learn. Um, One lesson we could all learn, though, is how to leave a review. So it's very (laughs) simple. All you have to do. Right, it's all right. I just um, listen here, upsec is real easy. All you have to do is go onto the podcast. Pro- post- I, if I can even say the words, then this would be a really good lesson to be teaching. All you have to do is go to the podcast provider that you're listening to us on, whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, what, whatever you're listening to us on. There's going to be something that says leave a review. That's your first clue. So you <laughs> click on that, right? And here's the good bit. You click on the thing that says five stars. Yeah, yeah. And then you can write beneath it, 
what you think of the podcast hey and that helps us out that helps you out you get to do a little bit of writing let's face it you know uh, none of us have been doing a lot of writing uh recently so or you know go for it go for it write some words if you're french canadian let us know how things are up there um if you're not think tell us what you think about french canada nothing rude we're, we're all civilized here but either way <laughs> <laughs> leave us a review it really helps us out and uh, once you've finished writing a review for us go through as many podcasts as you listen to write them reviews because let's face it give them a hand as well it takes very little time to do and it does a lot more good than you could possibly think so that is it for this episode of the Fire Breathing Kittens <laughs> podcast joining us this week were Oren bye Cade. Thanks for joining us. And Olive. How much does a castle sell for? <laughs> Quite a lot. Actually, I did one time uh, like inquire about buying like Neuschwanstein, um, the castle in like uh, Bavaria, South Germany. Very expensive. Like very, very, very expensive. Although I should also mention that uh, your collection of snow globes is now down to 1800 gold because you <laughs> smashed one. Bye. Anyway, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> Welcome to Crossroads Cantina. It sits somewhere between time and space, welcoming patrons from every walk of life. Come join me to hear their stories. Crossroads Cantina is a fiction podcast featuring narrated short stories and the occasional full-cast audio drama episode. Head on over to www.crossroadscantinapodcast.com to subscribe on your podcast app of choice. The fusion of technology and DNA is here, but at what cost? Welcome to the cyberpunk metropolis known as the Neon Boulevard. After the city-long streets that cut through the heart of the city, the Cybio Corporation has always been on the cutting edge of augmentation development for the Neon Boulevard. And with its latest technology set to be announced, they aim to change the world once more. The day before the announcement, Cybio's CEO is murdered, triggering events that put a rogue AI and a serial killer on a collision course that could destroy life in the city forever. Meanwhile, private detective Xander Draven is visited by the synthetic replica of the murdered CEO's grieving widow, who wants him to track down her husband's killer, Julian Travitz, a hacker and reporter, and his AI companion Quartzig are searching for their next story as they become drawn into Cybio's dark past. Clone worker number 133 suffers a brain injury that frees him from his programming. Discovering his true identity has ties to the serial killer and the corporation's founders. If you like fast-paced, high-tech, futuristic thrillers and a diverse range of unique characters, then step onto the Neon Boulevard today. This book was written by Nick Whitaker and narrated by me, Dale Robertson. You can find Neon Helix on Audible, iTunes, and Amazon. The following is a brief bit of the Pedro and Banana podcast. 
Do you know what really um, freaks me out about the mask, yeah? Everyone's wearing a mask, right? CCTV everywhere, yeah? You mm. think this is a fantastic opportunity for bank robbers. <laughs> yeah, Nobody's robbed a bank. Yeah, Nobody's robbed any banks. I've What's been exactly going on? I've the same thing. I thought banks would be getting dropped left, right and centre. Just any kind of crime like that where, where CCTV Anything, is necessary. Yeah, where, yeah, where you wear, everyone's got a mask on, so you can't really identify me. Um, no, it wasn't me. It was him with the mask. Yeah, it was, uh, that's not me. Yeah. That bloke's got a mask on. I don't wear a mask. Yeah. Put, a, put a hood on, put your mask on, done. That don't even look like Covered. my shotgun. My shotgun's green. That one's black. <laughs> I always had this Ferrari. That was the Pedro and Banana podcast. Find them wherever you find podcasts.